to What Are You Doing Movie Archives. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down in Front. Our movie this week is Cabin in the Woods. Pop in your DVD or Blu-ray, press play, press pause. When the Lionsgate logo fades to black, at the first frame you perceive of all black, press pause. In a second, I'll say three, two, one, unpause. At which point, I'll press play, you'll press play, and watch the movie together in perfect sync. It'll be like any other commentary, except, of course, four friends in your head. And those friends speak are myself, as always, Teed Christie, my friend Brian William Venifter. Greetings. Michael Dorkman Scott. Hola. And Trey the Macy Stokes. Hi. Now, we had a conversation about Cabin in the Woods when it came out. You can go back uh, in the stack a little bit and find the intermission we did about that. But don't, because we're going to do it again. Not a commentary. We've already talked about it a bit, but obviously it goes without saying that you should never listen to a Down in Front for a movie you haven't seen before, but this one we're going to heartily endorse. Even if you really want to listen to it before you watch the movie, please don't. It's 90 minutes. Just just watch it. Just knock it out. Watch the damn movie. Just watch the damn movie. Um, Cabin in the Woods is a spoilerable movie, and... From this point forward, there will be spoilers for Cabin in the Woods. So that was your that's your endorsement. We We're all say go watch what the it. Spoilers are we all <laughs> we all say go watch <laughs> it. Uh, come back when you've seen it. Uh, I had a blast watching Cabin in the Woods in the Didn't theater. Didn't we all go to the yes, theater we together? Did. We all yes, went to the one time we've actually all gone to the movies together. And we were beating off the uh, all the groupies with a stick, and it was hard just to get the four down in front guys out there yeah. without a bunch of paparazzi. It was paparazzi. like seeing the Beatles all together. It was, it, was, it, was, it, was a, it was a big hairy deal for the local AMC theater chain. I don't want to put too much pressure on ourselves yeah, here. But. They, they said next time that they sh- we should let them know so they can promote it. Yeah, I mean, they want to do a red carpet thing, and that's cool, <laughs> I guess. I mean, I'm just see, trying to say... the joke is that none of this happened. I'm just trying to say, dude, let's keep it real. Uh, but we had a blast. I think all four of us had a blast in the theater watching this. Yeah. And um, I- I'm not a big horror guy, as anyone who's a regular listener knows. I'm re- I don't even know most of the tropes. But this movie worked for me anyway because it's firing on a lot of cylinders. Now, it's not a perfect movie. I have some things here and there about it. But it's just a, it's a blast to watch. It's a, if you're going to go to a movie and have some fun with it, I'll, I'll take this as the new bar. And uh, we can set aside, you know, Transformers and things like that. Prometheus. Not because I'm, not because I'm uh, total hipster, just because I'm better than you. Um, this was a blast to watch, and all of the things I like are in it. It's meta as shit, and it has Bradley Whitford, and there are other things I like in it, but those two are the ones that always top my list. Brian, Cabin in the Woods? Well, you know, like you, and like I've said before, I'm not a, a huge uh, horror genre guy. What? But I am Twist. a huge... Bradley Whitford genre guy. Like <laughs> yeah. the whole genre of the Whitford. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's Danny Kincannon. Yeah, that's Danny Kincannon. That's Danny Kincannon. Which is yeah. a subgenre. Yeah. <laughs> this movie did need some Timothy Busfield. Timothy Busfield. Oh my God. If there been, had been Timothy Busfield in this movie, it would have been, been amazing. It would have been good in there. Uh, anyway, but I'm a, I'm a huge sucker for meta as well, as, at least when it's done reasonably well and clever in it, which I think this movie is uh, does abundantly. Um, so I think it's reasonably clever abundantly. Oh, I got you. Okay. Yeah. Got you. Reasonably Subset, abundantly. It's consistently Subsets. reasonably. Consistently clever. reasonably clever. Yeah. Two, two adverbs. It's uh, a J.K. Rowling novel in here. So <laughs> I'm a big fan. Michael Dorkman Scott. All right. What did you what were you expecting walking into the theater for Gavin in the Woods? I had almost no knowledge of this movie. <laughs> um I didn't even watch the trailer. I did, and I was baffled by it. <laughs> and <laughs> if I didn't I, I I as you know, as I think we all do. I like Joss Whedon a lot, so his name on it, I was like, okay, I'll check that out, I guess. Yeah. And You didn't know which Joss Whedon you were going to get? Yeah, and w- and we all yeah. had... Could have been Dollhouse, folks. Yeah. And, 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 and kind of was. It, and it has elements of Dollhouse, too. Yeah. yeah. I, probably, I probably wouldn't have 
I probably wouldn't have seen it in the theaters. I would have waited for a video if it had not happened yeah, that we all went together. Field trip. If it hadn't been a field trip, I wouldn't have gone to see it, and that would have been a real pity because this was a blast to watch yeah. with an audience. Because everyone, w- like, I feel like everyone in the theater, not just us, but kind of everyone, got it yeah. when we were watching it and just dug into it and had a blast and it was I, I haven't had that much fun watching a movie in the theater for a while so um, yeah I loved it I thought it was great I've insisted on showing it to everyone who hasn't seen it yet I you know nice. I as soon as the blu-ray was available for for uh, pre-order I pre-ordered it I'm like I I absolutely love this movie we actually kicked out lovely people from our chat room because they were like oh no it's okay spoiler nope no yeah seriously no get out yeah, yeah. and I feel bad because those are great people if they come to see us uh, live at the uh, downinfront.net slash live chat room streaming thing that happens all the time and you know about nice. it and follow us on Twitter wow. and Facebook. What yeah. up? Trey, how'd you feel about Cabin in the Woods? I, uh, I I enjoyed it too. As I remember, we, we, all, we all regrouped in the lobby after seeing it. We're all like smiling. We all, we all, yeah. looked, we all, we all looked at each other like, yep, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, 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 yep. Worked. Yeah, mm-hmm. good. All right. Uh, You're all still in the group. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, I don't have to kill any of you. It would have been, been kind of fishy if any of us had not liked it that yeah. much. I would have been kind of like, what, seriously? Who are you and what have you done with Brian? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is just exactly. You know, no, sort he's of, fine. You know, I mean, I mean, what? <laughs> code red, code red. Uh, I, I also knew virtually nothing about it other than it had been long shelved, which is usually a bad sign. But it was shelved because the company that owned it, you know, MGM went out of business and got bankrupt and it was sold off. So it was tied up in, in that. It wasn't because the movie sucked or anything like that. Although that's what you assume when you hear a movie's been sitting on the shelf for like, what, three years? Something like that, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's it's one of those things you got to make a person crazy that, you know, you have this movie that you go, I, th- I really think this movie's pretty good if we could just get someone to release it. You know, it's like... No, I think they were just waiting for Joss Whedon to make another movie with Thor in it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So... Um, Let's make him a star and come back. But I didn't know anything about it when we went out to see it. In fact, other other than I knew, well, it's just Whedon, so it's probably got something meta going on because he, he can't not do that. Um, but what the nature of what that was, I had no idea. And in fact, I had in my, well, let me guess what this movie's about. I was thrown off. I think we talked about this maybe in the intermission. I was thrown off in the wrong direction by the poster. Because the poster was the house as Rubik's Cube. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was going to be some kind of, okay, it's a horror movie in a cabin, but it's got some kind of time travel dimension rifts thing going yeah. on to it. What, I thought that was the twist. What what sparked in my brain was the uh, the movie Cube. Isn't, isn't it Cube with... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, with a bunch of rooms. With, yeah, where yeah, they're in yeah, the house, where the house keeps rearranging on them. And yeah. so they can't get out. Yeah. yeah. So so it wasn't that. Um, <laughs> they already so, did that movie. Yeah. As everyone knows. Um, so so I was just like, you know, once I, once I got... Oh, okay. You know that I was like, all right, I'm, I'm strapped in. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to roll. And and they did, they they did a wonderful job of exploring that premise and then taking it as far as you can oh, go yeah. with it. They explored uh, the hell out. They of it. sure did. And uh, you know that's that's what that's what movies are supposed to do. So uh, so I, I I thought it was great. Um, I you know. I didn't uh, buy the Blu-ray, but, you know, is it on iTunes? Boom, download, got it, you know, and, uh, you know, watched it again. And it was like, yeah, 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 that's a fun movie. I actually, I tend to just skip the first half hour. I, I watch the control room scenes. I don't really care about the cabin scenes. I, I'm, I'm still, he seems like a nice person. I'm still not a friend. Bluey Kazooie fan, whatever his name Fran is. Grant. Fran, Fran Grant. Fran But his uh, name rhymes. Yeah. That's so endearing. You know, uh, but, uh, but uh, you know, once the once the thing gets going, uh, my favorite part is the control room stuff. Spoiler! But, uh, but 
It is a fun movie. It really is fun. It, cool. manage, it manages to walk that weird line between kind of being what it is and commenting on the fact that it's being what it is at the same time, which yeah. is a, a difficult line to walk. Cool. We're going to press play here in a second, but I want to do two quick shout outs. One to Drew Goddard. We're going to say the word Joss a lot in this commentary and yeah. just assume that we're always talking about we you We actually two. mean the real director. We mean yeah. both of you guys or you, depending on what we're talking about. God, Joss lit this scene beautifully. doesn't apply to him. It applies yeah. to you. Good job. Uh, mm-hmm. Secondarily, just because we've been burned by this before, I'd like to say to anyone who happens to be listening to this because someone posted it on Whedon-esque, we <laughs> are Joss Whedon lay people, and everything we say is factually inaccurate, and you're better than us. Yeah. Three, <laughs> two... One, Whedon-esque is better than us. <laughs> yeah, but Whedonopolis is better than Whedon-esque. Oh, oh I said oh, oh, I went Inter-subcultural there. rivalry. Now, oh, I went there. We were having, when we, on the intermission, we had Jeff Harrell there, who had a slightly less sterling opinion of it. And his one of his things was, uh, all of these things, which are supposed to maybe put you into the sacrifice mode, and you're looking at all it's these a, in, images of sacrifice. Yeah, it's a kinda, foreshadowing in that He sense. thought it, it tipped the hat a little bit too much. Now, it didn't tip the hat for me. Because it, I don't even care when my hat's tipped, um, but it is much more on the nose than that opening shot in Prestige, which is a shot that when you're looking at it, you think it's just kind of a cool thing they shot so they could put credits over it. But it's basically the end of the movie on the first shot. Right. Um, that I didn't get at all. This I did get where they were going with it, but it doesn't bother me at all. I, I didn't get it until the, until the second viewing because I was... At this point, I'm barely really paying attention. Like, I don't, I don't know what any of that signifies. It's just creepy old yeah. type of stuff. Yeah, and, and you, didn't even, you didn't even put together that they were all sacrifice yeah, it's shots. Not, I'm not putting together the thematic, you know, uh, similarities of any of them because I don't, I don't know where this movie is going. Watching it the second time, I'm like, I totally just, oh, I see what they're doing here, you know. Yeah. But you, it's not going to cue you, I, I don't think, watching it. Brian, you only have seven days in a week. How many of those days would you choose to watch Bradley Whitford walking around an office situation and talking? <laughs> Eight. Oh, shit. <laughs> Eight days a week. Eight, days a week. Eight <laughs> days a week. And is this other guy's name? I want to say Richard Jenkins. Uh, yeah, I, Richard something. Richard yeah. something. It doesn't matter. Uh, Drew Goddard over <laughs> it here. It does. No, he's, he's, <laughs> he's one of those that guys. Yeah, been, yeah and, and they're both great, and they play off each other well. And, and this girl in the middle is somebody, isn't she? Well, no, she's, she's, she's actually a fake person. She, isn't she the one? Uh, she's not oh, the one she who's was, on? She was the nurse with yeah, the, she was with the, the cut up face. I thought, yep. wasn't there a How I Met Your Mother in this movie somewhere? No, that was the other Joss Whedon movie this summer. Oh, okay. That was Avengers, Kobe right. Smulders. Bradley Whitford, if, 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 if you don't, if you recognize that actor from Happy, uh, not Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, uh, dude, you're off to the right start. He's very funny in that movie, but you have about, uh, we'll say six seasons of The West Wing to watch. He is just so good at banter and kind of... He kind of like he'll, t- he'll like half burp in his mouth and look at you like you're an idiot and just kind of walk away in the middle yeah. of the conversation like nope. <laughs> yeah. If I were incredibly rich, I would pay Bradley Whitford just like walk and have conversations with me wherever I went <laughs> all the time. Just all like, the time. I'm gonna go to Starbucks. You want to come with? Please, please walk with <laughs> I'm me. Just to write Starbucks. a check. There you go. Yeah, it's like it's like this is what Josh Lyman did. Josh Lyman did after you know after the Bartlett administration after the eight years you know this is this is his new job now right here I laughed it, my yeah, ass yeah, off yeah, at so that okay that so was now, like that was the greatest indication of like okay movie I think I get you I see what yeah, you're doing the yeah. title as a jump scare now, see, my yeah. the the editor for the movie I was working on at the time we had a conversation that, you know the weekend after and he was like he didn't like that he didn't like that part he thought. He didn't like the the juxtaposition of okay the bland office mingling thing mm-hmm. with the the jump cut scare of the title, and I personally I think it's perfect. That's like, the whole point. What, what did yeah. he like about that? He, he well he felt it was too jarring. He <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. I think he missed the point. That's a that's yeah, but, a wow. But it was here's, God, God here's love the him, point. But, here is you. Yeah, yeah but yeah. It, but to to me, I, I feel like it's absolutely perfect because it's the perfect juxtaposition of these two very divergent uh 
identities to this film. Yes. Two things about this scene. One they bring up on the commentary with Joss and Drew talking about how you actually never see a shot of her with her original hair color, yeah. which is something that was I, I want to say it was an omission of detail. They were like, oh, you know, we finished the cut and it was on a screen one time and we're like, oh, shit. <laughs> we did intend to have you see that at one point. The other thing is something that Jeff was bringing up last time, and I can actually see where he's coming from because it threw me off a bit, too, is the central premise of this is that they start as normal, rational human beings, all smart, kind and, you know, basically homogenous. They don't have archetypes to them. They're people. Yeah. And you don't get a lot of time to cue into the fact that they're normal humans before they go into the archetype mode. And if you weren't paying attention, you might not have noticed yeah. that they were fine people. We've pretty much only got this scene. You've got this scene yeah. and it goes by pretty fast. But, I, I, but that's, but that's, I a, that's a minor scene. detail. It's a minor and detail. And I, I, I did appreciate it. What I, what I got was, um, you know, of course I didn't really make the connection that the blonde isn't really a blonde. I did make the connection. It's about to happen right here where, you know, Chris Hemsworth, the jock, comes in and says, you're taking books on a trip to the woods? This book is much better than that book. Yeah, right? yeah. That, that, was, that was the one where I went, oh, no, that was, okay. That's where I go, Joss Whedon's got his fingerprints on this bad boy. Oh, yeah. You know, playing with your expectations. Is that a thing you can do reliably? Just start throwing footballs out of windows and hope for a semi-black man to be out in the street to <laughs> if catch you it? He meant for Joss them Whedon to call. catch it, and she ju- and he just happened to get yeah. to be oh, there. But good call. Yeah. yeah. And it's good to see the guy from Fine Young Cannibals is still working. <laughs> I'm happy. Dude, it drives me crazy. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> These... <laughs> you even sounded like a guitar. <laughs> These, Hold I'm on, saying... I gotta be at a Marcy's play, a Marcy Playground yeah. studio in three hours. These two girls are among the most attractive females who have been in motion pictures in the past several years. The redhead, A, yes. super cute, way in, but B, she... She's my hand of good too. That's the point. Oh yeah, that too. They're both they're 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 really attractive, but, but they're both really good. My hand of God, the redhead reminds me of one of the guy knight types in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I think it's the brother that always oh, gets shit on. The the young Faramir. Faramir. Yeah. Oh. She looks kind of like Faramir to oh, me. Yeah. She does. She in a way like... that I am strangely sexually comfortable with. Yeah. <laughs> she is a female. The female Faramir. Which she's the. Who knew that was the combination? She, it's she's in there the, somewhere. She's the femme Faramir. She's the femamir. <laughs> Take five. <laughs> Good night, everybody. She she looks like uh, David, David Wenham is that actor's name, by the way. Ah, oh, thank you. He was also in Van Helsing. He's, w- he's very good in Van Helsing. He's the good thing in Van Helsing. I like Fran Krantz. I will admit that there's a there's he, he is, is a my horse, second favorite he is, Krantz. He is a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your first favorite Krantz? <laughs> Gee, I wonder. Gene <laughs> anyway. Krantz, Paulo, flight director. Um, I, I I admit that he's kind of a horseradish character. <laughs> Sauerkraut was going to be my you, you, you want a slice of a Fran Krantz on your salad? Yeah. You don't want a couple of him? But yeah. I, I like him, and I think he plays the stoner interestingly, and while he's clearly doing the trope, he's doing the trope in a way that isn't the obvious version well, of the it's trope. A, it's the same as it's the same as it's not the obvious jock until a certain point. It's not the yeah. obvious blonde yeah. until a certain but, point. But he is obvious. He is the stoner. And I love but this. He's, but, yeah. he's, but he's the one that ultimately defies the archetype. Yeah. And yeah. he's the one that enters into the we, you know we starting at the movie he's the most archetypal of yeah. them yeah. but he's the one that ultimately e- the everyone in the theater yeah, just like, went nuts you can tell who's okay. who in the theater when yeah. they go Woo! to me it's like i went to college in the 70s it's like yeah we were all idiots who would think that that was cool too but but now i'm just kind of like really really did you go there really did you do that they pointed okay. out an interesting detail in this scene on the commentary that i had a coffee noticed. mug that reeks of weed yeah that's that's <laughs> a brilliant idea it's filled with bong water mm-hmm. um I hadn't noticed this, and I think it's a lovely little detail they put in. Um, Fran Krantz, whose character's name is slipping my mind right now. Marty. Marty. If you say so. Um, Marty. Has Marty. his windows rolled down, 
He reaches in through the window to yeah. lock oh, the yeah. door and walks away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you know you have to lock the door. You have, to, you have to lock the car. Yeah, and then he walks away. I uh, yeah. The, and he checks. That's the that's the part that I love. He, yeah. he locks he checks the door and then he checks to make sure it's locked. I um. Part of my, part of my, you know, when it, when he came, when he showed up on screen, part of it was like, oh, I hate this guy. It's, it's really because I hated Dollhouse and I hated him, especially in Dollhouse. So, so because you missed Wash. No, just because I thought his character was just one of those, you know, that was that was just that was the bad stereotypical character in Dollhouse. It's like he's 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 such a genius that he's completely incapable of even, re, you know, being a human being. And he's just this ultimate nerd character who's like, yes, I've invented brain surgery. It's just like, oh, God, anytime he was on the screen, I just, <laughs> you know, just no, what? no, Trey, take it away. You've never been so smart that you're twitchy. <laughs> Yeah, I, that's what I love. So, so it, it, there was that. It was just it was the residual dollhouse hatred that made me hate him in this. You know, until I realized I had to let go of that and go. No, I, it's not the person I hate. It's a character he played probably on weekends when he was shooting this movie yeah. because this was you know three years old. So when was, they were making Dollhouse, probably right around this time, either before or after. So that 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 just cemented the Dollhouse connection in my mind, knowing that this movie dated from when they were making Dollhouse approximately. Right. I was like, oh God. So it's like he even took some of the lame cast members from Dollhouse. Um, so, so there was that, there was that hurdle. And you know, I admit that that was, you know, my own personal hatred of Dollhouse uh, that was, that was bringing it. But I did eventually get on board with him and I, I I'm now on board with him. Fine. Now, now oh, like I don't, twit, yeah. I don't quit Twitch when I see him come on screen now. Um, because it was, you know, you said horseradish. In a super genius kind yeah, of way. Exactly. You said horseradish. My analogy is sauerkraut because the first time you eat sauerkraut, you go, this is not food. This is who the hell. And you know, but if you try it again and again, you kind of go, I see. okay, I see what this is yeah. about. I get this. So, so he's a, he's a sauerkraut and an it's, actor it's, for me. It's interesting because they, um, in the, in the uh, scene we got where he's being kind of the stereotypical stoner and like, you know, the government and they're getting in our brains, man. Um, there's a there's a line in the script that I'm surprised they cut out because it is actually kind of important. It's not a huge deal, but he, this is the the weed he brought along is from his like super. The, the joke is some, someone asks him there. She goes, is this your secret stash? He goes, it's my secret secret stash. It's the one I don't tell my secret stash about, you know, or it'll get jealous. Um, but a, that's it's a funny line. Huh? It is a funny line, but not only is it a funny line, but it's also important because later on they, you know, they've they've tampered with his pot, but not that one because nobody knew about that stash. And that's, oh. the, and that's what gives him the ability. Yeah. That's, and that's the pot that's inoculating him against everything yeah. that they're trying to do. So it's the one that gives him the lucidity. Yeah. When they when they drop that line, it's like they tampered with the pot he's smoking and yet somehow it's inoculating him and there's like a little like hmm? I don't quite it's not enough to ruin the movie but it is interesting when I saw that line it was like that actually made sense of something that didn't quite make sense to me in the final movie this guy is nailing this part oh yeah <laughs> that's why that's why he gets the job <laughs> <laughs> there was a they were talking about it and I promise you this commentary is not just going to be a paraphrasing of the other one but this was another funny anecdote about that when they were casting this role they found a bunch of guys who can do crazy real well but they do crazy loud uh, and they like this guy because they did crazy quiet and the, apparently they didn't give him pages or anything they weren't giving out you know sides for the uh, auditions or at least not for his last audition what they did was they walked out into the hallway with a camera and put him in front of a vending machine and gave him enough change to get something but not the thing he wanted and then just have him stare down and have an argument with the vending machine <laughs> and have this like super like this actor doing this part just being intense at the vending machine and trying to will it to give him a coke and just it's like they, they watch this footage and they're like 
yeah, he can do this. <laughs> that's the guy. That is the most terrifying thing I've ever seen. They also point out something that's that's very true. They're like, a lot of guys that you get to play the crazy roles, actually crazy. Yeah. And you don't you don't really want to get those people <laughs> if you can avoid it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, end of the day, I wouldn't want to bump into him on the road, but no. I certainly wouldn't want to bump into like Jake Busey. Yeah. No. Or Gary Busey, God forbid. Dude, don't even... I was baby stepping it, man. Jake <laughs> yeah. Busey is my training wheels. It's interesting is, um, I haven't particularly liked anything Chris Hemsworth has been in that he's famous for, but I think he's fine in this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, oh, so that's what that guy can actually do when he's not being Thor. <laughs> and the other thing he's famous for, he's in, what is, is he in some other thing that's he also was, big? He was in Star Trek briefly. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah, he, he was, was Star Star Kirk's dad. Which, that was good. That was, that, that was actually a good, a good bit. And he was good in that. I will give him that. Tiberius, and he will be the in the. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Tiberius, name after your dad. Um, hang on, I got to crash into a guy. Hold on. <laughs> he will the be RV. in the upcoming Red yeah, Dawn, which was filmed at the same time as this, yeah. and shelved yeah. for even longer. Which one? Uh, Red Dawn, the Red Dawn remake. Well, he's in the Red Dawn yeah. one as yeah. well. My God. And he was probably envious of Taylor Kitsch getting all those roles. Yeah. And he's like, then he found out how bad it can be when your movie actually comes out. It's been a long time since I've been so aware that an actor is being forced on me by the man. Yeah. He, it's, and, I, and in large part... I approve uh, of him. I'm just saying. In, in part, it's, it's actually because of this film. They talk about it on the, the commentary. There, there are particular dailies after he comes back to the cabin and he just saw his girlfriend get killed and stuff like that. He gives a speech about we got to stick together and, and all that stuff. And it's like the tight close-ups and he's really emotional. And they... Uh, Joss Whedon and Drew Goddard to, like turn to each other and like, oh my god, he's a movie star. <laughs> they, they they tell the story like like Drew turns to Joss and he goes, oh my god, he's a movie star. And Joss goes, yeah, it was nice knowing him. <laughs> yeah. And the, and good like, thing we got him now. Yeah, they sent it. They sent the dailies to to I, whoever it was that the and he was and it I believe Michael Feig. Well, it was the, I believe Paul it was Feig? the same. Paul, it was the same. No, that's a different one. It was the same company. That's why it Kevin got Feig? shelved, um, because the, the company went bankrupt. But whoever was making Red Dawn, I believe MGM, um, they saw the dailies and were like, "He's in Red Dawn." Like yeah. immediately cast him. Plus, we want. And like two days later, he got four as well. So <laughs> this is a uh, rather handsome movie. Consistently, mm-hmm. I like it. It's not anything daring in terms of lighting, but I I like what they've done with almost every frame. Yeah. It's the, the colors work for me. I like the, the dark parts, especially when they get down into the basement. It's just a good looking movie. And I, I don't know who DP'd it. I don't recall. I, I knew that when I was looking at it a couple of weeks ago, but good job. If only this you, information was fairly available. DP. What, what am I going to do? Lean? Come on. <laughs> I leaned. I can do work? this. God, she's Mike, cute. you're the hero we deserve. <laughs> he can take it. Have any of you guys ever stayed in a cabin? I have I like not quite like this summer not, camp. Not as nice as this one. <laughs> no, this is it a great. Have, this is a great amazing, cabin. This is an amazing cabin. I would. I would totally live here. Yeah, Trace Trace Bulu lives in a place like this now. Does he really? <laughs> he lives in a cabin on a state park in Minnesota now. Hmm. Just watching old episodes of MMSC3K and <laughs> th- drinking Mai Tais. I think that's what people think he does, but he, he he's on Facebook a lot, and he uh, he'll, oh, he'll, so, be your, he'll be your friend on Facebook. So he's got hobbies. He's not exclusive. No, he's actually he's talking about uh, starting to do independent production up there. I'm like, dude, give me a call. <laughs> give me a call. I'll be right up. I got nothing going on. Can, deep- get, can I get a boat to Minnesota? My only problem with cabins in woods is uh, centipedes in cabins in yeah. woods because they are a thing that happens in cabins in woods, and yeah. that's enough for me to not go. <laughs> uh, I really don't need help. Uh, if you don't want me to do something, just put a centipede in it. 
<laughs> Basically, what I'm saying is right now, Fun put fact. centipedes on all of your mothers. See, in the control room right now, Bradley Whitford's going centipede. Nice. Got it. Yeah, That's a good word there. Yeah. Get, get R&D centipede on that. Centipede merman. Yeah. The, so, but but how, do you, how do you do the inverse of that? So if I want to get you to do something, I have to put centipedes... On everything else. And everything except that. Yeah. So who shot it? The DP is Peter Deming. Mm. Also the DP of the Scream sequels, though yeah. not the original. <laughs> um, Figures. The first and third Austin Powers film. Huh. The first? M- Mulholland Drive. Wow. Whoa. Uh, drag- There's his film school cred. Yeah. Drag Me to Hell and... Drag Me to Hell was good, too. And uh, colors. Coming soon, Oz the Great and Powerful. Wow. Mm, okay. So among, among many other things, but yeah, those are the main ones that I like really recognize. So... He, so- I really like the way horror movie cred. That's oh, uh, yeah. oh, and Drop Dead Fred. Oh, he was well, the DP on Drop Dead Fred. Nice. Hey, I like I love this work. Everyone has to start somewhere. This scene, oh, the way, the way and he plays perfect. out. And that's, that's... Uh, I, I scrolled all the way to the bottom. This one probably makes the most sense. He was the DP on Evil Dead Two. Oh, uh, of things. There you go. Of all things. Well, oh, there you go. This line gets so, me every time. People had, had to, to make, make their, their own, own interrogation room. You totally, it's like you think he's going to say their own entertainment and then it takes yeah. a turn and I, keep, I forget every time that it's <laughs> going to do that line. that gets me. The line that always gets me is, I'm drawing a line in the sand, do not read the fucking Latin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, I always crack up. Look at her, she's Faramir. <laughs> My Faramir. She's even got the same haircut. My Faramir lady. Show your quality, sweetie. God, we have never tried so hard to get a pun to happen, and it's just not going to go. <laughs> yeah, Femimir. This, is a, this, is a, this is a dry heave of Uncle Humor. Yeah. Femimir sounds like a product of some kind. Femimere. Oh, dear. Doctors recommend Femimir. It's available in bathrooms with the, like, the quarter. And you <laughs> yeah, turn exactly. Them. Ooh, they have Femimir. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, they have mint-scented condoms. <laughs> <laughs> What's the point? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> For those ladies who can't take a break from menthol. <laughs> Wow. This has gone south pretty quick. Yeah, I shouldn't have said ladies. Equal opportunity. I like I like how the humor on the podcast bombed at the same time as it <laughs> yeah, did on Mad Joe. That's great. That's pretty great. That's how you know you're and, in and sync. And the cute girl, just the reaction was timed perfectly. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm going now. <laughs> so this is the point where you're still, you know, me anyway in the theater. I'm like, okay, what is this? What am I watching? You know, it's like it, it, it can't go on much longer with the what's who were those guys in the control room? Yeah. What's that? Because we haven't gone back to them yet. We haven't seen them yet. I mean, we had the we had the introduction that they were in a control room doing a thing, um, which, you know, I started to, to, to come to the conclusion of, OK, this, you know, there's I, th- I thought, you know, OK, government experiment, you know, mm-hmm. the Rubik's Cube kind of thing. We're going to psychologically torment these people is the thought is what this is going to be, which is. Kind of what it is, but it's obviously much more than that. Yeah. Nice. I like, uh, I mean, it's it's horrific as it intends to be, but I really like the design on the painting and the, uh, I don't know, the style of it in the in the sense of what they're going for, because the the ram's head type of thing the, that, you know, they're, they're massacring this ram um, or whatever the word the appropriate word is um the fucking it up and just the just the way it's kind of painted with the horns and like the the face it's very similar to the way the the ram's head is it's like diner art well the there's the ram's head is very big in you know satanic imagery and the way that they painted it is, is reminiscent of that and i i like that little touch to it 
Speaking of the uh, Rubik's Cube cover, uh, Mike pointed this out, and then I verified it later. Yeah. So two people have noticed this. <laughs> the um, the DVD, Fact. not the Blu-ray, I think. It's just the DVD. No, has the Blu-ray. Blu-ray too? Yeah. Because mine doesn't. Maybe no. I just avoided it because I didn't want anyone to pull it off the shelf and then get spoiled. Um, the There's a lenticular cover on some of the disc cases that's where when you rotate it you get kind of different images um it's the fake 3d thing that you'll see sometimes um the lenticular a side is the poster with the cabin as a rubik's cube and the lenticular b side if you rotate it a little bit is the cabin has become clear boxes with various well, monsters in them. monsters yeah it's like did you just put the third act on the box did you just make the entire movie rotating my hand yeah <laughs> Jesus yeah, Christ! But with, with only Kids th- could pick. I this thought stuff. trailers were bad. <laughs> Spoiler box. With, with only the two data points, you wouldn't necessarily know. And but so, as we were saying, it, you know. Well, but at least I but, guess. you know you don't even know yet if there's monsters in this movie. You certainly know that there's all the monsters in this <laughs> yeah. movie, which of course is the joke, is the great payoff. I mean, I feel like even if I if I had come across it in that order. I wouldn't put it to necessarily put it together until they're actually in the elevator going by all of them because yeah. they do set it up as they go by long before they, the uh, the monsters actually get loose. But that's not too bad. This moment is so hysterical. Yeah. This is where this is when you go. This okay, is such I, a Joss Whedon. I think I see what this. Okay, I get what this yeah. movie is going to be like. Where the speaker or the speakerphone has the creepy guy on it, and he calls them on it. And they're just like, no, <laughs> no, twice. You're it's not- just really yeah. awkward office politics with a with, monster. Yeah, on the with, 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 with a creepy dude. Serving the old gods, there's still bureaucracy and office <laughs> rivalries. Yeah. And that guy down the hall is a dick going on, which is good. But it's uh, who I mean, I mean, people talk about, you know, Joss Whedon. And, and as Teague very rightly pointed out, this was this was co-written but, uh, honestly, just say it. You want to say it, some by, asshole. Just say it, some yeah, asshole. Some by Joss Whedon, by Joss Whedon and Drew Goddard over a weekend in a hotel room. Yeah, uh, and so so obviously there's they they uh, they know each other from the Buffy days. Like they you know they work together a lot. And if you watch the behind the scenes stuff, it looks like Drew Goddard has kind of a fanboy crush on Joss. Well, I, I wouldn't be too surprised. Yeah, well, who doesn't? Yeah, but I not me. But. I mean, we talk about we've talked about Joss Whedon on the show before. Sometimes to our detriment, apparently. But I mean, I think we we like him, and it's it's interesting that that particular sense of humor. No, who no one else would do that scene, right? But it yeah. once it starts happening, if you know Joss Whedon, you're like, I see exactly where this scene is going because this is exactly the kind of scene that that he would do. Andrew. Andrew, I, I mean, the, the <laughs> just, what I'm saying Andrew is the sensibility, too. the sensibility that we, it's like you, you're always saying about Hans Zimmer. Like, it's really just a, it's a, it's a blanket it's a collective yeah, for yeah. the, for the, the uh, Hans Zimmer brand, yeah, the, the Joss Whedon brand. Yeah, the Joss Whedon brand of humor is really what we're talking about here. Okay, so do we want to actually call out all the different things that are on the board here? Because it is listed here. In the this, yeah, this, wait, wait, wait for until we actually board again. The movie, the movie is for is, was really starting to cook. Now you're kind of going okay, and we, we've talked about this before about whatever the scenario is of your story, whatever it is, you know, the dead walk, whatever it is, you know, a movie that really, really, really has thought through <laughs> what are the ramifications of that, and the idea, you know, that the true genius of this movie is that. To keep the world to keep the world safe, there are people who 
still manage sacrifices to the old gods, but it's a freaking now it's a white collar job. It's <laughs> high tech. It's the same as working at AT and T. Exactly, and and you know just to keep themselves interested, they actually have betting pools and things like that. That's and we just passed the line that I had completely forgotten about, but which I've now determined to use in conversation more often. I just want this moment to end. <laughs> yeah. It's like they could have come right out of the West Wing. Yeah. It's almost like Bradley their... Whitworth, Whitworth brought that line with him. <laughs> they kind of went out of their way to establish uh, yeah. this guy with the mustache. And they do the thing where... He's what, a little underserved. Well, the way they, the way they bring him for? in looks very typically like the, we're going to need this exposition monkey He's to stand here. Yeah. Yeah. But then yeah. what you usually end up using that for is for that to be a comment on what's happening around him. And then yeah. what ends up happening, typically, it's a trope. I'm not saying you should follow the trope because tropes are generally considered to be kind of bad. Uh, is that guy at the end of the day will make a judgment against what he's been seeing and yeah. take some action against it? You know, this doesn't really go in he that direction. A, he doesn't get a payoff that, that you that feels like it's coming. They set him up exactly like that. He yeah, comes like in he's, and he's, he's, gonna, he's gonna be the ones to save the kids at the end. Right. You know, this is bullshit. Exactly. Yeah. He's kind of judging them, and you're thinking that's where it's gonna go. And then um, there's you know on like an asymptotal scale, there's another scene of him in five minutes, and then there's one in thirty, and then the next scene of him it takes place like in the fourth sequel, but we're not gonna get one. So yeah. never again. Like he doesn't kind of appear through the you know and that's just an observation but it kind of threw me off a little bit yeah <laughs> i want that as a gif i, yeah. I want bradley whitford shaking we his need ass to get that as a gif yeah, i i almost i almost feel like because as we mentioned they wrote this very quickly and i i think this actually got made pretty close to the draft that they cranked out which generally you don't want to do but if you're dealing with people who are used to working in tv you actually can kind of do that because they're better yeah. at it you, you write scripts over the weekend all the time yeah yeah uh so it's that may have been a thing where if they had done multiple drafts they would that, have fixed that up a that little bit. might have eventually come in yeah. it's like, it's, it's like it's something they set up and then they just forgot to pay off yeah like oops it's not necessarily a failing though in a, in a no. sense it's like it's, it's well, just yeah, in much, a movie that is it's so continually yeah, all about following subverting the every yeah. trope that it can come, yeah, come across. Like, but it doesn't subvert it. It just doesn't resolve it one way or right. the other. This but, was a really but maybe un- the fact that it doesn't pay off subvert in either way is a <laughs> subversion is, of the subversion yeah, of the Kubrick trope. is a genius because, because the shots be, don't line up. Well, be, well, it's true, though, because there have been plenty of movies where that character would try to do something and fail. Yeah. Like, you've yeah. seen it You've seen it both ways. So almost you've seen the it only, in Joss movies. Yeah, yeah. Almost the only way to subvert it is just to forget about it. Yeah, this is, <laughs> like, a, this is a genius piece of, of screenwriting. Oh, because man. the whole audience is going, oh, you just, it's, it's going to bite her or something. No, you just know it's excruciating to watch i want rewatching it on video knowing that nothing happens it's still excruciating rewatching it on video again and again and again again, and again and again and i have done that every single time i was worried yeah. that she was going to get bit and i was just happy every time that she didn't get bit and i kept watching it over and over again because i, I like the, feeling of the happiness that i got when i watched but the then i would fast forward to the part coming up where she dances um and yeah. then fast forward to the next part as well but Man, uh, but this is a DVD great players need a jog shuttle this is a yeah <laughs> well, they have an ab thank god where thank go god for, for chapter search so you know <laughs> as i mentioned before sucker punch on Redbox, no chapter search <laughs> the movie that was designed for chapter search <laughs> doesn't even come with chapter search you will um, sit down and you will watch this. You will watch it. It was like, it was like I feel like someone deliberately chose that. We're not going to put a cap chapter because you know what will happen <laughs> if we put chapter search on this thing. It's not even possible to wear out one chapter on a DVD, and yeah. yet <laughs> it doesn't even work that way. Yeah. Okay, this movie was supposed to have thighs in it, but now it just skips from the part that's boring to the other part. <laughs> the other part that's boring. It's literally weird. Worn off the parts with the thighs. Sucker Punch <laughs> said thighs on the box. Yeah. 
seven of them, as I recall. Now, what's kind of weird about this, and it's a scene, if you were any variation of this idea, uh, we'll get to the cellar door in a second. Mm-hmm. Any variation of this idea? Oh, I also love this line. The, that makes what kind of sense line? <laughs> yes. Yeah. The stone guy right. yeah. is the one who always has the most pragmatic thing to yeah. say. That's great. If, I don't know anything. I just want this moment to end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What are you going to say, Teague? Uh It actually comes up in the in the following drunks around the fire scene. Oh, okay. So I'll bring it up then. Uh, but be on the edge of your seat because it's a really good point that I'm going to make. Yeah. <laughs> I'll All think right. of something. Set up. Build that suspense. Subvert the trope by making a pretty bland point. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, it's. <laughs> would you consider it a brave thing in this day and age to go this dark? I mean, Fincher does this sort of thing every now and then, but that's a really dark frame. And the monitor isn't perfectly calibrated, but that's basically it's it. Pretty, it's pretty. Dark. I love it. I really like seeing uh, frames that are this dark and you're just sort of seeing a little hit of light there or here. Yeah, I think yeah, it's great, I mean, but you're absolutely right. Most people wouldn't do it. As yeah. long as it's clear what's actually happening, like which you'd ever you get do it until it's just But fine. it's not like it's a new thing. I mean, no. you know, older movies have, you know, especially like black and white movies, yeah. the, the more high con you get in the little tiny spot of light in the black, big black frame, the, the cooler it's, it looks. But I this, mean, sort, this sort of philosophy of, yeah. uh, of cinematography, though, resides in perfect and demonstrable and useful yeah. opposition to the Spider-Man trilogy style of lighting. Well, there is a, you know, there is a point where you know everyone has to make that choice for themselves like they used to you know calibrate the colors on television shows knowing that most people didn't have color televisions so it's yeah. like you, you you want color to not be so critical it's like well you look at original star trek and see why every you know everything is purple and pastel lighting shafts it's like because otherwise you couldn't tell the difference on a black and white tv between those two colors so so you you know it's like at what point do you say well we just have to assume that theaters are projecting things properly, <laughs> just like we assume that they've got the volume turned up correctly. You know, it's like this is what we want our movie to look like. It's like if someone's home television isn't calibrated, is that our problem exactly? I mean, it would be as if, you know, if we were to do this show in stereo like a normal person, but just because some people listen in one earpiece, we don't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Squeaky wheel gets the grease. Just to get to cite ridiculous examples. Yeah. That, well, that's, now, this is, now this, yeah. this, I, this is again, once, once the movie, going and now it's it's well underway i was really loving this because of course this is pure audience candy where you're supposed to guess how many horror movie references second act turning points you're looking at in this scene and it's an infinite number and of course that is the point um i was especially cracked up by the by the faux cenobite puzzle yes uh was the one that cracked me up hellraiser hellraiser yeah it's a it obviously it's a Cuban Hellraiser and it's a obviously here. but I've seen that movie a lot. The uh, I've never seen Hellraiser, but but I mean I figured you were probably familiar with the the cube aspect and they they make the point that the faux pinhead in this one the the center in this one blood saws, saws in his face he, he and his you know his colleague uh, faux cinnabites in this are really the only direct horror film like. Specific horror film kind of shout out. They're recognizable. There's an Evil Dead tree. Yeah, there's Angry Molesting Tree. Angry Molesting Tree. There's, but you don't get, um, you don't. There's not a Freddy. There's not a Jason. There's not a you know. There's Um, sort of a Michael Myers, I guess. Yeah, you're listening off the selling points. But (laughs) yeah, they 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 basically made the point that to them, Pinhead had become the idea of a Cenobite and Pinhead had become as iconic as just a werewolf. It's 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 not even Hellraiser anymore. It's just iconic enough that it belongs there. We're gonna with them. Get- and they, and and also the fact that the Cenobites specifically have a 
uh, there's a mechanism by which you call them, which made them very appropriate for this, you know, this yeah. kind of thing. Mike, my only hope on the panel for this one, because I don't think Brian or Trey have the exhaustive knowledge of scary movies that you have live up to this, because otherwise someone on the Internet is yeah. going to correct all of us. What's the wedding dress one referring to? Do you have any idea? Well, there's what, a, there's a, I believe there's a bloody bride on the board. Um, which, which, which would be or just the bride. It's called the bride. Well, it's, it's, it's that's just kind of old folktale yeah. stuff about, you know, the bride who Fair was enough. wronged, who came back from the dead or the bride who, you know, that there's, there's a, uh, uh, fairy, uh, there's an old folktale or a fairy tale. I think it was one of Grimm's fairy tales, um, about, or, may, or an urban legend, however you want to put it, you know they're they're playing games on a on a uh, on a wedding night, and um, the the bride disappears during a game of hide and seek, and then they find her corpse like five years later because she got into a trunk and she bonked her head and she died and no one found her for a long time or something like that. There's my line, um, but then they kind of turn it into a ghost story. Sometimes it's there. There are different. Uh, there are certainly. Uh, stories and folk tales around around marriage and weddings that that often have to do with that because you know it's like the happiest day of your life so if you're going to tell a, a horror story that really resonates with people make it about that day you know well then how come there aren't more horror stories about disneyland <laughs> Because it's the Disneyland, Although, Disneyland will sue you. I did you have a vaguely, I did have a vaguely masochistic experience. It's the Buckners waiting yeah. in the line for Big Thunder Mountain at I, Disneyland. I love the little detail of the um, of the, the glowing coals, coals in, the in her stomach. Yeah, yeah. that's we're, a great. We're standing in line for that ride. I was recalling that this was one of the rides that, in recent years, like in the last decade, had had some sort of a massive, disgusting accident where people died. So I went on the Wikipedia page and just looked for list of deaths at Disney parks based on ride failure. Oh yeah, I read through all of them waiting in the line. <laughs> And I ended on the one that I was about to get on. Yeah, the train came off the fucking rails. Smashed right into a wall. Three yeah. people died. Well, that one's the most likely to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> that's the one they've recently fixed. Yeah. Oh, good point. I guess that's right true. Now. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, here we go. So right. there's the board. So with great freeze frames. Yeah. Just get all the names off the board. Angry Molest and, and and Kevin. Down on the left, yeah. bottom yes. left, Kevin. Werewolf, Alien, Beast, Mutants, Wraiths, Zombies, The Bride, Reptilius, the Doctors, the Doctors, Witches, uh, Sexy Witches. Oh, that's Giant. that's the other one. That's the sexy other Witches. One. Witches, comma, Sexy Witches. Those are two <laughs> separate things. Unicorn, which shows Demons, up Demons, Hell Lord, Angry Molesting Tree, Giant Snake, Deadites, Mummy, The Bride, Scarecrow Folks, Snowman. So the Deadites are probably the same. Yeah. Uh, no, Jack Deadites, well, Deadites are literally from Evil oh, Dead. The, the, yeah. Uh, Dragon Bat, Vampires, Dismemberment Goblins. <laughs> <laughs> That's generic. Sugar Plum Fairy, Merman, The Reanimated, Unicorn, Huron, Sasquatch, oh, Huron, Slash Wendigo, yeah. Slash Yeti, Dolls, Zombie Redneck, Torture Family. It's <laughs> another great one. Totally different than zombies. The Doctors, Jack-O-Lantern, Giant, Twins, and Kevin. And Kevin. <laughs> Kevin. So yeah. the, uh, um, I, I, the Unicorn one... I, I happen to have caught that. The first time watching through, you know, your your eye is just going to fall wherever it does. Right. It happened to me, for me, to <laughs> fall on unicorn. unicorn. And were you and filled I, with glee later? Yes, because I totally <laughs> didn't think they were going to pay that yeah. off. I'm like, that's a funny detail. And then there <laughs> was the unicorn. It was a unicorn. I was a murderous so unicorn. I was so happy. A unicorn that kills people. I think that might have been what made me love this movie so much, is just that... 
that I happened to notice that, and then they paid it off, and I felt like it was just for me. <laughs> I think <laughs> they did that just. For yeah. Me. Now there's a. Um, I love this aspect of it. Someone someone brought this up in the forum, and it was interesting. We had an interesting discussion about it, where uh, maybe what you're about to touch on. The uh, someone said, "Well, you know, in keeping with knowing where this movie's going, it's like, well, wait. So one of those girls is the jock and the slut and blah blah blah. And and it was rightly pointed out that no, the They're angry shrieking things. avenging ghost is a Japanese yeah. horror trope. Yeah. Right. That's their culture. Right. So and, and the, the whiteboard for the Japanese office yeah, is entirely totally different. different. And yes. the implication is they only got to get what? I'm not going to talk for a few minutes. Yeah. What the yes. world? Yes. See, see, you need even Mike is going, well, that's, yeah, there's uh, a thing. The, well, I didn't want to interrupt. Yeah, the, damn. The, the implication Go. for the, uh, what, the, the what? screens is that what about mice? they only have to get one full sacrifice for the yeah. guys to be appeased for the yes. year. Yes. And that's why it's a big problem when the ones in Kyoto and the other two that I didn't notice yeah, yeah. Rangu uh, don't go through. Later on it says they're all fails. Rangoon and Berlin are the ones on the yeah. screen. Then We've also heard Stockholm. You're totally and, resigned uh, to nailing this one. And what's Stockholm great Stockholm. about this movie, and it does a thing that some people had a problem with, and I kind of like because I like moral relativity because I'm a bad person, but I like the fact that I am simultaneously rooting for both teams. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. When yeah. They, later on, when when the kids are going to get out of the tunnel and the tunnel has not been blown, you it's so it is so amazing because you want it's the kids to business. get out and you're watching the other guy like oh go they're yeah. getting out quick. Yeah. You're, getting, so yeah, you're you're rooting for both. Whichever one it cuts to, you're on their side. Which is the you know the fun moral ambiguity of the movie. It's like well, literally. They are being sacrificed so that we all can live. That's yeah. the premise here. But they are innocent by modern standards. <laughs> yeah. So it's wrong to kill them. Oh, God, what will I yeah. do with oh. my feelings? It. Uh, I mean, by this point. Oh, it's so juicy. By this, yeah. by this point, obviously, it's been set up. We're dealing with, you know, there's still the weirdness in the control room. And we, don't we, don't know, know we still don't know on. why they're doing it. Yeah. But we know what they are doing. But we know what they're doing. And we, we know maybe from the marketing or just from the Looking way at that the fucking box. Yeah, the way that it's playing into the tropes and stuff like that. Okay, we're in a horror movie. We're in a slasher movie. All of these guys are going to die. And yet, the way it's set up, I, can, I mean, speaking for me personally, they go into the woods. They start having sex. It's very much, you know, Friday the 13th. It's totally the setup. And yet, when they're actually attacked by the zombie redneck torture family... I am still shocked because I'm like because I in most horror movies yeah. you don't you're there to watch these people get murdered and you don't really care about them. I've come I've actually I find I've come to care about them as characters and I'm like it they cannot possibly be about to be murdered by these monsters <laughs> yeah, that right. can't actually be not, about what's not, about to happen and then they do and it's yeah it's Michael, so guns don't kill people yeah, yeah. Joss monsters. kills people yeah. Yeah. not not to mention the fact that the movie okay the movie is about. The ritual sacrifice, yeah. you know, of these people, but then does go ahead and do it. It's like, oh, you know, even though we're 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 we've been shown that you know this isn't just a random thing. This is actually being orchestrated. You go, well, surely they'll avoid it. Right. They'll you know get away from it. Um, now, remember Jeffrey Harrell, and if you listen to the 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 intermission conversation we had about it, Jeffrey was Jeffrey, and and I, I see his point. Yeah, that he he he. The thing about the nudity—it's valid. The fact that the fact that the movie literally was the movie it was also mocking at the same time. That, yes. you know, it's yeah. like he didn't like the fact that you know it's like well she literally do take her shirt off and then kill her, <laughs> right? Which is like you know he, he he was didn't know how to feel about that. And I, I understand the point. If the movie's trying to make a point about this kind of movie, yeah, then good. But then if you do exactly what you're trying to make a satirical point about, 
have you accomplished satire? Yes, I, it is. I, I it doesn't bother this. me, but then again, you know, if nipples are on screen, I'm not yeah, too critical like, of things. I, I'm uh, <laughs> in the end, I fall down on the side of yes, please take her shirt off. I'm sorry, I call me call me an old god if you will, <laughs> but uh, but I the the ritual uh, appeased me quite nicely. Thank you. This is yeah. This is this is more doing. This is more obviously doing what apparently Sucker Punch was trying to do, being like, we're yes. going to give you exactly the movie that you came to see and te- and kind of make you feel bad for coming for, for yeah. wanting and, it. And what Hunger Games tried and fa- also failed miserably right. to do. Like, we're going to give you exactly what you want, but then make a comment about that and make you right. feel bad and realize how terrible what you want actually is. And then Hunger Games completely failed Doesn't to do qu- that. Yeah. yeah. Mike, I have a really okay, odd but... question for you. Yes. And please don't be offended. I'll try. When tits come on screen for me, I look at the tits. I'm assuming you also look at the tits. Yes. But then is it like that study they did with the guy who can't associate the difference between objects and people? You just kind of your eyes just keep moving around and look at other stuff? Well, I, it's, you know... Uh... <laughs> Your eyes don't bounce off of it. Right. If uh, if like, <laughs> like, 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 ah, shit. like uh, just a who blank put spot boobs in this? Yeah. Blank spot, if uh, you know, if boobs, uh, my one weakness. <laughs> if a cat comes on screen and it's clearly the focus of the shot, I'm going to look at it, but I'm not going to get a boner. About I don't want to be impolite and not look at her tits. <laughs> exactly. I mean, she she had the good decency she, to bring them here. Yeah, she she put them on screen for a reason. Yeah. Uh, there's, uh, you know, and often in shots like that, there's not much else to look at. So, you know, there they are. Yeah. The, yeah. They're not like in the corner of the shot. <laughs> yeah. oh, look at, you look real close in the corner. There's some tits in there. <laughs> kind of out of in soft focus in the background. I love this. And I don't know if this joke played for everyone, but I love the fact that what they're trying to do here, sort of, is explain away the way that all the other Cabin in the Woods type movies work yeah. right. and how they even look. I love the fact that the fog you always see in those movies is actually not shitty lighting gimmicks from the cinematographer. It's literally something that's always being pumped into those worlds yeah, to yeah. achieve the results they're looking and for. And they, they actually, like, they suggested, and then the, the kids took them up on the suggestion of, hey, here's better lighting. Yeah. Like, here's here's the spotlight specifically for you <laughs> yeah. to get and, and, great edge lighting. And the... the Obviously being a comment on the... Um, how the it's it's all about how these things always play out the exact same way you watch you watch you go to a movie like this and you know it's all going to kind of be the same thing especially the friday the 13th movies which mm-hmm. this is uh, or the evil very, dead movies very yeah um but, or but liar liar this this scene in particular <laughs> sure. is very friday the 13th i think you know kids having sex in the woods and then they get attacked and and brutally slaughtered and the idea that huh it's such yeah. a what uh stereotype is not the word i'm looking for but it's mm. it's such an unoriginal situation that they have all the dials and levers for it they're like then they're going to say it's too dark <laughs> yeah. so we're going to bring the light up over there right. and then, yeah put the, i uh, the pheromone fog i yeah. made a short film years ago that uh, i would say made sense at the time but it didn't that required a, a lady yeah. to be um unclad she had panties on but she was wrapped in a blanket and in one scene she was lying on the floor of a forest now, I've never had sex in the forest. The closest I have to an anecdote about this is about the poor girl who didn't have any clothes on that I made lie on the floor of the forest because I have excellent persuasion powers. She was miserable because she got up and she just had like mulch and weird like half bugs on her back. And it's just like, I'm sorry. Shit, that's gross. And this is why even if it seems like a good idea at the time, you should never have sex in the forest because <laughs> there's often either mulch or zombie redneck families. Well, there you go. Yeah, the best you can hope for is mulch. Yeah. Dude. Worst, worst case, zombie redneck family. Even on a good day, it's mulch. 
Ooh. But yeah, here this is the scene where it's... I, I, and it gets vicious. Yeah, yeah I'm thinking it cannot be getting this vicious for these people that I kind of like. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and then, yeah, we're just actually... Gonna... Oh, Jesus, and pulled up by the bear yeah, trap, yeah, just, too. You know, it's suddenly, it's, suddenly it's an Eli Roth movie. Yeah. You're like, hey, what the... Wait, I don't know how I feel about this. I wondered... I'm sure like, you know, Eli Roth and maybe even John Carpenter and all those guys have seen this movie. I wonder what they think of it. I'll bet you Eli Roth's really Eli into Roth it. Eli Roth loves I'll, it, I'm sure. I'll bet you uh, Rob Zombie's really into it. Mm. Maybe. I can't tell. I don't, I couldn't, I couldn't take a guess at someone like John Carpenter because he doesn't really, I don't know his opinion. He's not one, yeah. someone like Eli John Roth Carpenter is, is like the pirates in Pirates 2. He's just sort of sinking into the walls of wherever <laughs> he is. John Carpenter's kind of like, yeah, whatever. Just dude. waking up every several months to say one weird sort of enigmatic line. Yeah. I don't. I, for all I know, he doesn't even watch movies. I don't know. I haven't dude, I can't even say for sure no he listens to the Fister. podcast. I tell you what. Yeah. Now, if you go to, um, and I don't recommend this, uh, go to like IMDb. I never recommend going to IMDb other than for um, informational purposes. Do not, under any circumstances, read the discussion threads. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, but just just for your sins, I read the discussion threads on, <laughs> on this one just out of curiosity. Uh, there was some rather interesting, and, and you saw this in other forums as well. Uh, you didn't have to go right into the, the den of hell that is the IMDb <laughs> discussion forums. But But there were people who didn't get this movie in the theater. Right. And we're vocal about it. And we're still, there were people who didn't like the weird, stupid part about the guys in the control room that kept interrupting the movie. <laughs> um, because, I mean, they were literally like, what was all that shit about? I mean, it's like, it's like, wow, wow that was... <laughs> the movie is about you as yes. the audience member, and you, you are, you are so dumb that you don't even get that that's what the movie was. You are the person who needed this movie the most and saw it, <laughs> yeah. and it yet it did no good. And gained nothing from seeing it. <laughs> um, my favorite, though, and this was actually worth the trip into the bowels of hell that is the IMDb discussion pages, um, someone said, boy... You know, as if, as if, you know, it's a shame Sigourney Weaver, like, you know, it's, it's so weird that, that, you know, not only that she agreed to appear in it, but, uh, you know, it's, she's got to be the worst director of all time. And then someone like, someone like commented afterwards, like, um, did you just look at her credit as the director and think uh, she directed this movie? <laughs> and the answer was yes. Wow. <laughs> um, her character's name is the director. And this person went on, you know, at length about, you know, well, it's like, yeah, you're obviously a real, real pro at IMDb and uh, reading it. I recommend a a plug in for your uh, Chrome browser called Less IMDb, um, yeah. which actually will. Oh, is this a real thing? Yeah. Huh. It's uh, John August promotes it. I think he helped. Uh, create I think he helped develop it. it. Yeah, he yeah. helped develop it. It literally will just give you the credits. It'll give you movie posters and photos. It strips off most of the ads. It strips off discussions. It huh. stripped off what Joe Bag of Donuts thinks about nothing, you know, and all that social media crap. It, it, it just takes it off the page. So you just get the actor's name, their credits. The actual information. Yes, the actual information that IMDb was originally spawned to give you. This well, shot well, is well, so less IMDb. It's a, it's a Chrome plugin. This shot is so perfectly done with yes. the stumbling zombie through the yeah. pools of light. And and the, the timing, I mean, obviously it's someone going, okay, turn, yeah. you know, yeah, but you know, it's still like yelling in real life. Yeah, but it's still so perfect. It's it's amazing. Yeah. These kind of see, these, these are the shots that just, you know, 
I hate them so much. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, and then <laughs> a nice payoff. You know, they, they actually did a really nice payoff there with the Chris Hemworth surprise. <laughs> yeah, the, the well, the great. The great subversion again of like you know you get the red herring of oh the the jolt moment is the guy you know, but then he just clotheslines yeah. the, the zombie. Yeah. And the yeah. movie doesn't yeah. pause at all. Yeah, that was the beautiful thing. It's, it's like, not it, a big deal at all. She's a, she's a twelve year old armless zombie. <laughs> just knock her down, dude. Yeah. <laughs> we usually don't devolve into this kind of thing. We kind of hate it, but I, I'm really curious what you guys think. Who would win in a fight between Chris Hemsworth and Peter Dinklage? I don't well, know. Yeah. well, the question is: Braun at yeah, is Peter Dinklage's yeah. side. Is there any option for him to hire Braun uh, yeah. randomly from the crowd? No, it's just Timmy. No, no, no. yeah. Can no, he have know. a? He he's got someone to fight for him, a champion. Yeah. Then you saying Dinklage can't handle it? No, I'm, I'm saying, saying straight I'm up saying Dinklage, the God of Thunder versus a little person. I'm saying Dinklage is smart <laughs> enough to hire someone else. I'm yes. saying he'll get one of the other gods. He would call Odin down or, yeah. or whatever. He'd get Idris Elba in there. He'd have a he'd have okay. A, he'd have a Tyrion trick. Lannister and Loki teamed up. Oh my oh. God. That's an unstoppable. That's doomed. What have I done? That's bad. <laughs> That's I bad have become thing. God. So yeah, they're figuring it out. <laughs> there you go. They'll get there eventually. Yeah. So what this, you, like this shot, the dailies from that, they were like, okay, he's going to be in every movie now. Yeah. Who do you think he is? These shots. Yeah. Brian, <laughs> resident uh, actor correspondent. Who do you think has the hardest job in this movie on screen? Who do you think has the the the, the least enviable role to make work? I think it's the redhead girl. Really? Personally. Why? Yeah. Because she she has to be like the straight. She didn't get to really do any of the fun bits, but it's all relying on her. It's all kind of focusing. She has to do that Kaylee her. thing where you base your emotional reaction off of how she's emotionally reacting. Right. She has, uh, she's the ground. Yeah, I could, she I doesn't see that. I would I would say. Everyone else gets to kind of do something fun, especially Franz, Fran, Franz Kranz. Um, <laughs> Franz Kranz. Franny. Franz Kranz. Little and, Franny uh, Pooh. I would actually, I, if I had to pick a different answer, I would say Franz Kranz has the toughest because he has to... Fran. Fra- just so we don't Franz, get it. No, just no, so we don't Franz Kran. Franz Kran. So we don't get it in our head the wrong way. Like, I always remember the joke thing we said, but not the fact about what we were joking about. I, You know, Fran. I know the Weird Al songs better than the real ones. Yeah. yeah. Dude, me too. Because <laughs> uh, he has to walk this fine line because he's he's the focus of the whole meta aspect so he has to bring the, the most abstract quality of the story and make it seem human and sincere and organic that's a good and, point and he has to do it under a very heavy characterization of being you know the stoner and just having a, a characterization is a whole other layer of you know of skill of work as an actor to do that's has to come separately so that would be my answer Trey farted. Yeah, yeah. No, Trey apparently is carbonated. This yeah. is this that is a, a this is a 4D podcast. That was a Thorazine that they were just talking about being <laughs> pumped In into. In vision sounds like this. Yeah. See, this is the problem with cabins in the woods, though. They're always wired up for this shit. They are every last one of them. A lot of people don't know that. The press won't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, media. Look forward to seeing that on the news. Sure. <laughs> they Government. won't touch that story. They won't go near it. Not in Obama's America. So that and that's a perfectly reasonable thought for him to think like yeah. I'm on a reality show. That's yep. what this is. I'm on a reality show. Which you don't Man. even have to be stoned to come to that conclusion. That yeah. makes more sense than this. It totally yeah, does. It's totally I don't. It's, it's 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 your brain would go there going, okay, this can't actually be happening. Yeah. So something is making this happen. Got it. It's yeah. a reality show. All right. Not as, cool. As stoned as he is, I don't know how he's functioning like this. Like get. I don't know how he didn't get stabbed in the face just then. 
Like, weren't you on Candid Camera once? Weren't you on, like, a hidden camera show I was on. I was on uh, the Jimmy Kimmel show did a hidden camera gag that I happened to You were at, like, the DMV or something, and they made you cut your glasses in half. No, it was a a tow truck place because my car had been towed, and I went in, and it's a real tow truck place, but they took it over for this thing. And then— For the bit? For the bit. And then the people that they got in, they tried to, like, aggravate them or get them to do crazy stuff, and if they did— that I don't know what they did for the people who were just kind of like okay whatever like some people probably just paid their thing and left but if they did then they they paid for the thing they they just paid for the tow which is like six hundred bucks or whatever yeah. why, to why get was it your out car towed in the first place I, just parked in the wrong place or something parked in the wrong place yeah so it's L A um yeah but at some point did you catch on to what was going on I caught I caught on to the fact that I was on a reality show I didn't guess which one. Because at the time, they're well, like, it's not cash. Cab. Oh, you had to guess <laughs> the show correctly to get them. No, 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 okay. no. I, it was just You're I just realized going, this doesn't add up. I realized I was on some kind of hidden camera thing. So I was trying to play along. So I was trying to guess what show I was on so I could play along appropriately <laughs> because there's a she just leaned in. Which show are we doing? Just yeah. Right well, there was a there's a, sh- there a show called there was a show at the time called something like uh, Breaking Point or something like that, which is basically some stranger will come up and try to aggravate you. And if you can and, – and there's like a secret – it's like you know, Pee-wee's Playhouse. There's like a secret code that you don't – you're not aware of. You're not aware of the rules of the game. Yeah. But, they, but it's like, okay, we're going to go up to random people on Third Street Promenade and try to aggravate them. And if they can, if they can go seven minutes without blowing their top, we'll give them $1,000 yeah. or whatever. And the presidency of the United States. Yeah, exactly. How, so, how could you tell it was a hidden camera show? It was just off? Ju- it was just off. And, and there – It was an uncanny valley conversation. Yeah, exactly. There were, and there were certain things going on. Where I I concluded I was on that show where they were trying to make me angry, so I was like, uh, I refuse. I will not get angry. <laughs> I'm going for the money. I'm yeah. going for the money. Um, because there, if you if you watch the thing, it's just me and a guy behind like the bulletproof glass talking. But there were actually other actors playing patrons in the oh, thing that they weren't. They're they're not in the in the cut. You wouldn't even know they were there. But they were also like playing aggravated patrons and stuff like that. And a couple of the things that they said to try and like to to try and you're like, gonna let get, do get that some, to you. That yeah, kind of try to get something out of me. I was like. You're not a real person. Yeah, you're Isn't that trying so to get fascinating how you how our brains can tell that. Yeah, based off so little information. Yeah, and it's a totally plausible assumption for him to make. Yeah. In well, that's the thing. Is like in a world where that kind of happens, and if again, did you talk about the Japanese? Look at the yeah. Japanese game shows that they'll they'll actually they'll actually do shit like this. Yeah. Where they, they, you know, Let's you, see how long Reese Witherspoon will sit here with they, a blow dart in her why face. Why someone hasn't taken a machete to an actor on a, on a Japanese <laughs> uh, game show yet? I have no idea. What? But, um, um, but yeah, you would absolutely go. Okay, this is. It's a really elaborate one, guys. I give you credit. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, what up? Well, did you guys just see the um, the Skyfall uh, ad that they just Oh, uh, with the Pepsi machine? Yeah, with the Coke machine. And it's like it gives you a message. If you can get to the top platform in a minute, then you you know get a f- t- tickets or whatever. But, but they have you know, but Pepsi then, standing around to block you and all that. Yeah, but then they have a series of things that you have to like yeah. leap over and get around, like a woman with dogs and people spill things in front of you. And you have to James <laughs> Two Bond your way. Two workmen carrying a pane of glass. Yeah. What? Like that kind of shit. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm like thinking carrying knives. I'm, I, sure. I, I'm thinking the whole thing is fake, but whatever. Anyway, well, speaking of cabin in the woods, though. Yeah, yeah. Were well, we? We're, yeah, well, we're talking about you know. I'm just saying it was a totally reasonable conclusion for to come yeah, to. Someone who, I would st- I would still be making the argument like this has to be some kind of yeah. a thing, which would technically be true in a way. You'd be going, this is some kind of a contrivance. Yeah, you'd be right so far. Yeah, they they. 
uh, first of all, I like that jump scare where he comes in. And, and just like you said, the movie doesn't linger on the jump scare. They immediately run out as opposed to being like, yeah. OK, we got to go. Yeah. It's like the the music is going and they're already out of the room. You know, it's, yeah. it just keeps driving. Even the orchestra hasn't caught up yet. Yeah. Oh, they're done already. <laughs> they're gone. But, oh, uh, nice. I hadn't noticed that shot before. Yeah, that's the little. There's we're, somebody we're, in the Winnebago. Yeah, they, they push in on the door, and you can see the bloody old handprint. So here you go. If you if you if you look it up, the the screaming, vengeful female, often wet uh, ghost, oh, yeah. is uh, is a Japanese trope. Oh yeah, it's the like, ring. It's the grudge. It's the, yeah, it's, uh, which is why uh, we've, dark yeah. water. Here's yeah. the thing. All of these Japanese girls are the good guys. They are all the protagonists, and they are more creepy than the ghost. Because they're all standing in a circle, and they're chanting, and they're holding hands, and they look kind of like the the girls in The Shining, and it's freaking me out. So... Turn them into a frog. Now I think you're the bad guys. Actors actors kill for the chance to yell, fuck you, at Japanese schoolgirls. And get away with it. Fuck you! It's an opportunity you don't have very often. I had a... Speaking of an opportunity like that, at one point shooting a different short film, we were going up and down this stretch of highway over and over again trying to get this one fucking shot out a window. And we had finally gotten to the point where the traffic was thin enough we could do it. And at that exact moment, wouldn't you know it, these two kids, these two eight-year-old boys were on their bikes and they were just kind of zigzagging really slowly across the road. And we're just like, oh, fucking move. We have a, This is the only time all hour we've had. And at one point, my actor, who just is this guy, rolled down the windows and said exactly this, exactly like this. Hey, little boys. Fuck you! (laughs) And they looked at him and went away very fast. But I just always remember, hey, little boys. Ooh, that's great. We we saw a um a quick shot of some of the other things. Uh, Buenos Aires was basically yeah. King Ooh. Kong. Yeah, Stockholm well looked like a remake of the thing. And I was gonna yeah, say yeah, my yeah. favorite bit is that Stockholm is clearly the thing. Yeah, and and they failed. There were there so. was Madrid, and Madrid looked like an actual clip of an old. Film yeah, it looked like something like an old movie. I just whatever. It looked like, yeah. like a really bad model. I'm that's sure partially there's you know, somewhere that information is available with trivia. What that what that clip was from. So here's the scene where we're like, who who am I rooting? for wait i'm just, i'm confused right now <laughs> yeah and again this is the fun thing of, of taking an idea and extrapolating it it's one of the things that i love i like one of the things one of the tropes that i'm so tired of in movies and television shows is the conspiracy that has no limits and can do and accomplish anything and it's yeah. like and wouldn't you know it it's true yeah it's like in any endeavor that humans can do from down in front to the space program, <laughs> things are going to get fucked up from time to time. So the idea of a conspiracy... I that, have knowledge of both. Yes, a, a conspiracy that, that you know never ever gets anything wrong is just I'm, is always such such tired hack writing to me to, to just go, and yeah, and then they can be and do anywhere or anything at all. Um, if it's not supposed to be happening in any kind of real world anyway, if they're, if they're magical wizards, then okay, I guess they can be anywhere and do anything. But the idea of, oh, we did, you know... You didn't blow the tunnel; they could get away. You know, it's like, yeah, these the people, the people who are responsible for keeping the the humanity safe from the old gods. Fuck up! <laughs> that's that's what, a quadruple failure. That can't happen. Yeah, that's yeah. What are the odds of that? That's not going to happen. What are the odds that Stockholm and Japan and us and everyone would all eat it at the same time? That's never happened. 
Yeah, it's it, it is. You know, you look at that. It's like it's good. They have multiple points of failure. It's pretty, but it's pretty surprising. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, apparently Stockholm just has the one thing, though. They just keep going back to the thing and it never works out for them. <laughs> yeah. But people just stop going to that remote outpost. Yeah, yeah like, well, really. The one. Uh, what was the one? It, it looked like King Kong, but it looked more like a, like one of those giant trolls or something. King like, Kong with horns. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it'd be like the. Uh, That'd be the Norwegian, you know, the some somewhere Scandinavian kind of kind of zone. Be oh, the, they they defeated the troll. God damn it, <laughs> Trey! I'm always reminded when watching this scene where he tries to jump the ravine on the bike, but he hits a wall he can't see. Of the story you told about how you get a dog to jump through a plate of glass. Yeah, let's see if we voted on Pet Cemetery Two for our horror movie. Pet Cemetery Two is is you know, there's really nothing much worth talking about if had some to, to other than I was there the whole time. <laughs> so it's one of the few movies I was there almost the entire shoot. And I have, it would just be really, that would just be an unauthorized commentary on pet cemetery two is just, I could just tell the stories of pet cemetery two the whole time. So we'll have to do pet cemetery one. So we can yeah, do pet just, cemetery to, just to and pet cemetery one. I have the feeling like you do with the exorcist. I'm like, that's that is a, fucking that's a creepy scary movie. movie. I haven't scary seen it. Movie. And I don't it's know about that. No. Oh yeah. Check it out. It's on. No, it's on Netflix. It'll make you scared oh. of five-year-old children for the yeah. rest of your they, life. They spelled it wrong, so I don't do yeah, that. I was already yeah. scared of them. Well, this will finish you off, then. Pets I love the. Uh, bye, bye, Chris. I think they were probably hoping that people might have forgotten about the barrier by now, but but I don't think anyone did. No. Yeah. No. I think. Pretty, I think it's better it was that pretty way. Obvious what it's was going to happen yeah. to him. It's a gun under the table kind of moment where it's just yeah. like everyone but that guy knows, uh-huh. and you know. I love, I just love everything about the aesthetic and the implementation of the wall effect and the way it, it reveals itself. Uh, earlier, the I last don't know time... how he keeps going, like, towards it. <laughs> like, because it's fucking funny. It goes towards it. Um, but it's exactly got some kind of a static uh, uh, charge. Like, doom, doom. Oh, that sucks. Doom. Jesus. Boom, boom. It's know. like Homer Simpson. Yeah. Oh, oof, they said, oof, they're oof. like, we have, I know it's, I know it's more money because it's an effect shot. We have to cut back to that three times. <laughs> three. He has I mean, to keep Josh going. Josh did the same thing with Hulk and Avengers, just yeah. when he starts beating up Loki. Bam, 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 bam. Yeah. Bam. <laughs> but what I love about that is because the last time we saw that wall, it was um, it was led to we were following a bird, we were following like a red-tailed hawk, and the all the, the 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 digital effects in this movie, they didn't have a lot of money to work with, nor presumably as a corollary time to do it in. Uh, the hawk doesn't work <laughs> for me. Time to not they had plenty of time. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, the the hawk doesn't really work for me. It works better the smaller it is in frame, but up front it looks a little, it didn't quite get there for me. But the wall is just wall so great. badass. It's yeah, a great effect. It's just a it's just cool. It just looks really great. And in that first shot. You're, the camera's still moving, so you get this really great sense of 3D-ness in it. It's just cool. And high-five effects team, especially I, towards the end here. I don't know if this I'm... This is like a really fucked-up role-playing game. Yeah, I, I, don't know, I don't know if I'm proud or if I'm proud of the filmmakers or if I'm thinking they missed a thing with, with not at least one of these characters saying something about the Truman Show. This is some kind of Truman yeah. Show bullshit. <laughs> you know, that, that would have been a good line. That's, you know, some kind of, you know, that would be a Fran, Fran, Rudy, Tootie, Kazooie line. But um, <laughs> there's there's someone named Fran Kazooie in the world, and that's the name that keeps, but that's, that, of course, is a girl, which is the name Fran should be on a girl. <laughs> Short for Francis. My grandfather was named Francis. You your grandfather was your grandfather. You call him Frank. It's right. We did He's not our Frank. age. We, we did. We did. Named our Frank first child after my uh, father's father. His name's Gramps. You know, I always, whenever someone has an abbreviated name, like instead of Michael, they go by Mike or something. I always want to figure out a, you know, the abbreviation is kind of arbitrary. So, like for Francis, why go Frank? I'd go like Rancis or you know, try something like that. I always well, thought that's it was how interesting. Topher I, exactly. I was going yeah. to Topher. Topher, is, Topher Grace Topher is my favorite person. Logical and yet totally bizarre. Yeah, I mean Chris, or just fucking make it up. J- you yeah. know, John becomes Jack. Because that's yeah. shorter. Oh my! It's similar. Also, in Russian, you know, Sasha is short for Alexandra. It's like 
How does that <laughs> yeah. work? Wait, huh? I didn't know it that is? one. Yeah. Yeah. My, I, my niece is Alexandra, but yeah. we call her Sasha. Sasha Did you know that right. Teague is short for Tyrone? <laughs> Can we just call me Tyrone, please? <laughs> there's a there's a fancy matching cut there that was yeah. that was pretty pretty self self. Did you know they actually Trey? Did you have a chance to go through any of the special features on this stuff? They actually did these screens. Most of yeah. these screens that's pretty are, are live action. They synced them up. That's yeah. they're that's, not. That's very rare. The only way you would ever it's, do this ever. Ever. And as the, as the director says, it's because he didn't know any better. <laughs> yeah. But the only way you would ever do this, every t- every time you see a, a, a monitor on a TV show, like literally every time, always, even if it looks like it'd be really hard to do, it's always a fake screen. That's a huge thing. It always happens constantly because it's a massive pain in the ass, A, to get anything on a screen to sync up with what your film shutter is doing, and B, you might want to change what's on the screen later or move the cut a little bit inside of the screen and you wouldn't have that opportunity. Well, but that's the argument about digital effects nowadays anyway. It's like, you know, it's like, what if you don't want that? highway sign in the background well then you don't point the camera at it is the answer until five minutes ago in yeah. movie history but the, the the thing that's weird is it's, it makes me kind of sad that it, yes it makes perfect sense that now you can just put a bunch of green squares on the wall and and you know god knows this is how i did arc i mean this is there's fifty thousand screens in arc not one of them was actually on the set if anyone's uh, listening to this and is going to have someone do this for them keep the screens black please yeah, yeah. keep the screens black. yeah well Unless, unless you're in front of them, in our case. In which, in which case, case I was, yeah. Okay. I was glad that we did agree. Yes, but if they're on the wall, big, you know, maybe a white square or whatever, just, or some dots, some tracking dots. Um, but the, <laughs> some um, lovely dots. Yeah, some lovely dots there like you do. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, I feel bad because there were, you know, I, I worked with several of them on older movies. There were entire companies who that was their job. That was their, that was the product that they sold was, yes, we can run 50 simultaneous video screens and keep them all in sync and get all the media and play it back for you and... You know, blah, blah, blah. And I, I guess They've gone the way of the types there. I wonder if they, yeah, if they still exist. Now, this is the most twisted moment of all of her yeah. getting repeatedly slaughtered to the tune of, is it Roll With The Changes? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Oh, oh, God. The- Ario Speedwagon. Oh, yeah. so fantastic. That was, that was a moment where, like... <laughs> before before the third act comes, that was the moment I think my jaw dropped the most. Yeah, like, I was like, wow. "This movie is amazing." Yeah. <laughs> oh, movie, you have you have definitely turned the corner. Yeah, and and, and I love you. I love you yeah. so hard. I was it was just a crush. I thought it was a summer thing until now, but now I love you. <laughs> and the awkward guy hitting on the yeah, on yeah. The it's an office party. It's, well, I like him. It's an office party while a girl is being slaughtered in the yeah, background. But I really like the other guy. He's a featured extra almost. He has he has like nine lines in the whole movie but the other one who just said I'm an intern I don't qualify for OT mm-hmm. I love that guy because yeah. every time he's on screen I just love him well he was one of he the, should be the new Clint Howard they actually they um they mentioned him because he was in I guess Buffy or, or so they'd worked with him before and they really loved him and because they were shooting this in Vancouver there's a certain to get like the tax breaks there's a certain quota you have to meet of, please use of Canadian actors Canadian for your actors. movie yeah and so they had to write a letter to Parliament. They, they basically they had to write. They wanted him so bad, even though it was just a tiny thing. They were like, "We need that. We just love him, and we need that guy." And the they had was- to write. They had to write briefs to the government, being like, "This is why this actor from America is the only one who can play this role. We cannot have a Canadian actor." They had to. If role. you wanted to use someone else, you had to be able to appeal as to exactly yeah. why yeah. you couldn't use a Canadian for that role. So they had to write a letter on behalf of this guy who's yeah. going to have three lines in the movie. But no one else could play that. No. Now she's she's a pretty resilient gal because yeah. she's yeah. been being killed for several she, minutes now. Like she's had the chain wrapped around yeah. her neck, well, and yeah. she's been vomiting blood, and just it's it's been brutal back there. 
She deserves but, to die, to live. <laughs> Sorry, I was my, channeling my old god there for a second. Killer! I'm not a big fan of bear traps, just in general. They're too huge yeah. and scary. But th- yeah. I, this, this also is the moment... You, you, this is the moment where, you know, being familiar with horror movies and, and this kind of movie that it's both is and and satirizing, this is the moment I go, I know that this movie isn't over, but according to the <laughs> yeah. tropes, this yeah. movie is over. What right? else could it be now? Yeah. <laughs> what are we doing? I, where legi- are we I go legitimately now? have tried to calculate what could come next, yeah. Yeah. and I don't have an answer. And I don't know. And then, again... That's when it gets exciting. That's, yeah. <laughs> unlike, unlike 28 Days Later, which is our earlier movie today, it's like... You didn't see the third act coming, but once they get there, you go, of course, that's the third act. Yeah. Yeah. You know, surprising, but inevitable. That's, that's, that's our, that's our rule. If we can make it happen. Look how dark this frame is. Yep. Yeah. Look how weird that light is. You can, ju- you can just make out enough movement to, <laughs> to make it work. But if you, if you like tried to freeze frame it, if you pu- just use a still of any one of those, you'd be like, I don't know what the yeah, hell is yeah. happening here. I can't see here. what I'm looking at. It's all about the context. Yeah. And here we go. And I guess it's explained and I just forgot Act to three, pay no. attention to it. But he. Yeah. They, they also say they, this is, they, you know, even talking about stuff they wrote and they're like, oh, we know we wrote it and stuff like that. So we shouldn't talk like this. But this is the most perfectly delineated three act movie <laughs> yeah. that we have ever seen. Yeah. What were you saying, T? What was I saying? Oh, that he found the elevator and know how to make yeah. it work. But uh, it doesn't seem that implausible in this movie. I guess they've set it up right enough. So. <laughs> that's about, it's about the, it is weirdly in a way it feels like the biggest stretch. Like, oh, that's kind of silly. That's kind of, yeah. that, 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 that can't. He like he would knew. really find the elevator to the, the monster box. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, back that he would be able to rewire it that easily. Yeah, it's but you know he, whatever he also dismembered the the zombie. He dismembered the zombie with a trowel. With a trowel. With a trowel. <laughs> what have you been up to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that yeah. I love all his lines. Really, I'm not going to say oh, that's one of my favorite lines. You know, just him. It's <laughs> he makes me happy. They were talking on the uh, on the effects side of things, and as most of us here in the panel today are effects people, it's fun to talk about it. Brian, you just sit this one out and pout. <laughs> um, all, all the effect stuff they're doing, not just the creatures in the boxes, but the animation of the boxes around is really complicated. Yeah. And it's 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 something that's entirely programmed. It's a it's yeah. an algorithm they've written that they, they use can massive. Pick, that they can tweak. They use massive, which, I which is was awesome. The same thing they use to make things like armies in yeah. Lord of the Rings, or if you want to have an overhead shot of New York with CG traffic patterns that you don't have to animate every single car, you use massive for that kind of thing. You give every single agent its own particular rules and it does its thing. And when you're trying to arrange a box of or a cube really that's broken up into a thousand subcubes, there's no other way to do that shit and be done this year than to the program it that way but they had to figure out interesting ways of doing things like it's not like every single one of the cubes has at least one rule in common which is you can't intersect another cube but there's only so many ways that you can have interesting cinematic movement going on wherein cubes are moving but before you know it's a good shot but there's only so many options with which to do that and the the process of getting it to the point where it was a cool looking shot that also you know, made physical sense was a huge pain in the ass and it took them a long time to get it there. But the results really cool. And it's a great reveal when they pull out of this box and you see the whole so yeah. shenanigans. I, I love, I agree. Shot. Yeah. 
I love the shot, and it was it was that is a shot that was made for uh, good job on the real wolf guys. Yeah, yeah. Similar with the with the the whiteboard, which it's obviously a, a connection to. That's a shot for you know the modern Reddit culture for everyone to freeze frame and go, yeah. what's yeah. in that box? What's in that box? Yeah. And just someone out there is making a list of this everything. ghost is beautiful. Yeah. Yes, didn't they also perfect effect. Didn't they also mention it's like when we had to figure out well the, the, the making of this all some of the some of the monsters and this is ingenious. Some of the monsters are just animals that they put in scaled down cubes. Yes, yes. <laughs> centipedes and stuff. Yeah, and there's yeah. a blob. Did you see that there was a blob? Yeah, in well, they didn't have a blob. And I, have a blob. I, I was like, oh, if only I should have been there to to be the blob. Oh, that could have been that would have been really cool. Do a cameo. They uh, but. But apparently they have some... Um, Fuck that. This, this girl's I awesome. I hate the ballerina. Ballerina's fantastic. If you play... No, it's funny that, that you like uh, ballet uh, because I <laughs> have... Uh, uh. If you play Left 4 Dead, um, a, the, the zombie game Left 4 Dead, <laughs> apparently the... apparently a couple of the... Uh, in a couple oh, I of see the boxes, what you're doing, Brian. There are some of the... They, they have like four set types of zombies that you deal with um, or more now that there's left for dead 2 but a couple of them are in the boxes as well apparently there's little cameos of at video the end of the game day zombies. it's like the fucking star wars cantina guys this is great i love every design we have we need four times more and we have three weeks so yeah. what just go make yeah. shit make weird shapes put eyeballs on them go <laughs> get a fuzzball and put googly eyes on it <laughs> sure michael's everybody yeah rosie yeah. o'donnell get her in here whatever whatever <laughs> that, is a re- that is a really great makeup on that dude yeah that's, that's a really nice one he's, it would be very good. easy for that i think to it started like, by that's a lot what that guy that dude looks like yeah which is well, how you get the best results. well yeah but just it, it would be easy to make that effect look like you know that steve martin arrow through the head gag and yeah. it actually yeah. does look as if he has those going into his head yeah. it's just it's integrated perfectly so I, th- I love his performance too just the slight movement yeah. of the eyes he's like just fascinated by her like, I'm so sorry we didn't get a chance to play. Yeah, or it's, it's. I almost get the impression that it's more of a robot thing. Like he's just, you know, here he's we go. Standby mode. Here's our big shot. Yep. This is. shot must have taken them forever, as Squints would say, forever. Oh, there's the little shining girls and yeah. <laughs> oh man, it's a it's a shit. reference festival. There. Oh yeah, just everywhere. There's the blob. I saw it. Hey, I got a name. <laughs> womp womp. This is such a fun movie. Great job, yeah. guys. It's just a blast to watch. It is. So now, yeah, now now we are in this weird kind of turnabout zone where it's like, well, of course we want the kids to take their revenge. And we still are not in the point where we, we again, they still really haven't told us why they're doing this. So we are on the kids' side yeah. right, still about, okay, yeah, go get some payback. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Um but you know, but it's like, but these guys don't seem evil. So what? 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 what you know, and obviously they're working for someone. And the only reason we are uh, not opposed to the white collar guys is basically just film grammar on repeat. Just yeah. every time we're seeing them, the film is portraying those scenes the way you would if they were already sympathetic characters. Yeah, they're charming. So it, they're not, you know, evil. You might not have noticed se. it, but your brain did. <laughs> Oh, yeah, brain did. This guy, I don't think he is Eli Roth, but he looks. He a lot sure like looks Eli like Roth. Eli Roth. Out, foot, foot, boom, boom, boom. Now, one thing that wasn't clear to me, um, if we're gonna if we're gonna pick nits here, is it wasn't totally clear to me that each box can go right into that lobby. Oh, <laughs> didn't it didn't occur to me? Uh, well, it should have. Well, there's did so. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, why the monster boxes go to the yeah. lobby? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> is a design question. Yeah. Well, they well, need popcorn. Yeah, they get into they yeah. get into the when they they're she's about to do it. 
on the commentary, Joss goes, what? Of course they would have a purge button that drops them all off right in the lobby. <laughs> <laughs> what, what else would they possibly yeah, do? that's exactly what Josh says. What yeah. else would you do in an emergency? But, yeah. you know, it's like when a fire, when all the <laughs> elevators go to the basement, it's so uh, it works. Yeah, so I like how he's like, I know it doesn't make sense, but it was awesome, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so we that just is one of those it. things where you go, look, we all knew that was bullshit, yeah. but come on. <laughs> that was the point of the movie to yeah. get that shot, so... <laughs> It's great lighting. If it, oh, was, yeah. it was a Drew who came on and said, oh, great. And now we're making a Kubrick film. Yeah. This, this is perfect. Yeah. Now, now a lot of people were surprised when Sigourney Weaver came on the screen, but I immediately oh, recognized yeah. her voice. How do you not recognize Sigourney Weaver's voice on the loudspeaker here? And the, and the fact, well, I guess this would have been before Paul then, actually. Thinking it was about right it. around this. Well, yeah, it was before. I think, I think, in, this, I think, I think in the same week she probably did this and yeah. Paul. Yeah, probably. Like, I mean, I but she, get she's, two movies, get two she's movies not developing you know, this pattern of... Yes, yeah. I'll do voiceover for two thirds of the film, and I'll show. She's like doing the Orson Welles quote. You know, yeah. Orson Welles' quote about why the Third Man was the greatest uh, movie. Harry Lime in the Third Man was right. the greatest character I ever did was because uh, he wasn't in two thirds of the movie, but for the first two thirds, everybody's talking about how awesome his character is, yeah. and then he shows up for the last bit and is awesome. So she's doing the yeah. someone, Harry someone in the forum who shall remain nameless said that Avatar, Avatar was a, a bigger hit. The reason Avatar was a big hit, why was Avatar the biggest movie of all time? It was like, well, and, and John Carter wasn't. It was part of that discussion. And said, well, Avatar had, had name actors, like <laughs> such as like Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, because Sigourney Weaver guaranteed $100 million at yeah. the box office. Yeah, that was the secret weapon of Avatar. Sigourney Weaver. Was and that explains it. the worldwide <laughs> unbridled success of Paul. By the yes. way, in the uh, in the Death back left corner, and are the, there it is. The dismemberment goblins are in the back. What left I love corner, about the tree, so. there's a great <laughs> there note. There's a yeah. great note about the tree that they have. Where the first version that the animator did of the tree, it was much more violent. What it was doing to the guy's butt, and one of them said, "Guys." Angry molesting tree, not angry raping tree. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but his favorite his I mean his favorite part about that was my favorite part was that everyone in the room got it. Yeah. <laughs> they went, oh okay, oh, we okay. got you. Not so much then. All right. <laughs> so yeah, this is led to the <laughs> sport. Led to the uh, led to the great you know the great when, <laughs> more 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 elevators. <laughs> People talk about oh you saw a cabin in the woods. What happens in that? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was one of the problems with getting people into the theaters is because you want to be overjoyed by all the surprises this movie has for you. But if you make a trailer just to get people in the theater yeah, so they can be like, surprised, you're making a trailer for what looks like a boring, it's yeah. so really cliche hard. movie. I, I, yeah. I never really looked at the trailers for this Trey, you had a friend that it was like, oh, that, doesn't that just kind of yeah, look this, like, this like a stupid horror movie? I know, that's the, but no, it's not. Yeah, it was Christine. Yeah, I said, no, no, it's so not. No, it's not. But yeah, it's like, how do you advertise this thing? Yeah. You know, without giving away the fun of seeing it. They, you know? I mean, they advertise But if you it don't as, advertise what it is, why would people go see it? They advertise it as you think you know the story and stuff like that, trying to indicate that it's not... It looks like the, the but stereotype, even that but it's fucking not. tagline sounds like some piece yeah. of shit. At like last the Ring Three, two. you think you know the story. The, blah, on, blah, blah. Honestly, I thought Cabin in the Woods was like a prequel to something, and it was gonna like oh, there you go. reveal the <laughs> true story. Young Freddy Krueger or yeah, something whatever. like that. That that's what I thought it was. That's that that's what I was saying earlier. I saw the trailer and it baffled me because I thought this was a prequel to something. Hey, is that my intern on the screen right there? Yeah, it is. It's my <laughs> intern guy. Yeah, there's it. Evil clowns. Evil clowns. Is it the clown? It's the yeah. clown. It, yeah. Yeah. Pennywise. Pennywise, yeah. 
<laughs> That's a movie that we will not do because it's scary and shut <laughs> I, up. Well, and it's a miniseries, so yeah, this, it'll take a while. This dragon bat looks awesome. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a really good one, guys. Good job. I'm not. I'm not it's it's kind of a, it's become a trope of its own. The sideways opening jaw. Ever since, mm-hmm. like, well, JJ uses Predator. it on everything. Yeah, and the second uh, the blade. Se- yeah, oh, yeah, blade. Right. Exactly. That's kind of where the first time I saw it. Now it's, it just never struck me as practical <laughs> from an evolutionary standpoint. But okay. Well, evolution produces a lot of things that isn't that aren't necessarily practical. Go on. <laughs> we have an appendix. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Fair have enough. you seen the platypus? <laughs> <laughs> that was that, fair point. Man, this is that a, sideways jaw. That would be fantastic. This is just a nightmare. Yeah. yeah. Now, now it's if this wasn't bit. so much fucking fun, it would be the most terrifying sequence yeah. of any movie yeah. ever. It's great. I like I like the detail in the background of nice, just a nice girl move. a girl in white yeah, just, just slowly yeah. coming slowly out walking, of and of course the clown it's just the, the clown was played by the movement designer yep the guy who did all the teaching people how to do zombie walks and stuff oh good performance yeah <laughs> here's the, uh, here's the unicorn. unicorn now this, I'm, I'm was, and Mike was giggling so out loud happy. in his yeah. heart now I'm amazed because attaching I mean obviously there's a dummy horse in there at some point but the uh, you know getting a horn to stay on the forehead of a horse is a is a non-trivial yeah. oh question. no it's easy you just need nails okay. yeah. have you have you tried staples <laughs> worked on harrison ford yeah mm, creepy the creepy Scarecrows. so creepy. now it's like you know the the fun wacky thing is well okay now they get to do a horror movie here's the one thing friendly um, whitford blazing away with an automatic weapon that's by the a way, first uh there was a funny note and again just fucking quoting the other commentary but uh joss was talking about how or drew one of the two drew you know i love you whichever um he was saying uh at one point on like take two of getting bradley with the gun i had to say bradley this is not the best day of your life. This is the worst day of your life. <laughs> because apparently he was like, this is awesome. Yeah, he was loving it. Now, here's the only thing, man. You know, this, you don't the, like this. Mo- this is the greatest no, 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 moment no, 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 ever. No, the moment works. The merman is the, awful. Though. The merman uh, doesn't work for yeah. me. And I wish to God it did. Oh, it works for me just because I love I, I I love that it's so clearly a rubber suit monster. Yeah. I don't know. Something about that just makes it work. For I just me. get I just get sort of like, how is how is that supposed to work at the cabin? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like they blow the conch shell and what? This thing Bond, starts well, yeah, slithering that's, that's around. How it would have to work. But, but yeah, I mean my question in that scenario, say they blow the conch shell and <laughs> you know, maybe one of them dies in the pond. Then the rest but, of them don't just don't. He doesn't go even have legs. He's got flippers. I don't know. Somehow they keep. They do it in movies with sharks. And For the shit same all the time. reason, People Aquaman going sucks yeah. as a hero. The mermaid sucks as a villain. Yeah. yeah. Oh shit! I better not go near the water. Cool. I want to go see a movie. I'm telling oh. you, somehow they managed to again. They make them stupid and uh, knock out all the roads. So it's like, okay, the village is right over there. We just gotta, we gotta make a raft and swim across. Like, <laughs> yeah. if true if enough, that, yeah. If that's the yeah, way it they went, would, they, they would, have they would orchestrate it so yeah. they would have to get in the water. This that's, is actually that the, kind of, this moment has a little bit of poignance to it. It's yeah. a little bit of poignance, but it also is a little lame. I, I wish they had found. After after being so clever for the most of this entire movie, to find a better way to dispatch him than just run around accidentally. a corner. Oops, you know it's like it's like that's episode one sad lameness. <laughs> you know it would have been something a little more appropriate. No, but after this we get a great lightsaber fight. <laughs> Fair enough. Three movies later, God, all the lightsaber fight you could want, and well, then some, and also you know. <laughs> and lots you don't. Damning animated gifts of people just standing still spinning sabers for all of three seconds. <laughs> sure. 
<laughs> you know the I, I, at you, I was going to see I if you wanted to go it. into it. <laughs> you probably made that gif. I should have. Finally, the inner sanctum. Now, this is where we're getting to the point where they're putting the nail on the head. At least they're suggesting putting the nail on the head by calling the person who's controlling all this the director. Yeah. And that brings up a conversation we haven't had yet on this commentary about whether or not this qualifies as an audience indictment movie. Mm. Do you think it does? Do you think that he's trying to make a state? The, these guys are trying to make a statement about the fans. Cause obviously the movie is going in directions of saying, this is all you want. This is what you want to see here. We'll give it to you, but I, this is the price. I, I didn't read it that way. Um, maybe, really? I, maybe I, no, not at all. Hmm. I took the moral high ground. I, I took this is a this, oh. is a this is a black comedy because I'm not the kind of person who does enjoy those kind of movies. So this this movie for me was like saying, yeah, we're with you. Those things are stupid and formulaic and only mouth breathing idiots like those kind of movies. But here's why we do it. Yeah, you know, here's it's the explanation of yes, they're tired, hackneyed, awful stories yeah. that tell the same story over and over again, and you can immediately tell just from looking at the characters who's going to live and who's going to die and in what order. It's not and, audience indictment; it's audience defense. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's not not audience defense. It's like Here's why we make those movies, and you know, the, because because it's to keep society safe. It's to preserve yeah. humanity. We have to do it. It's a sacred calling. We know these are awful, awful, repetitive tropes. We know these movies suck and are purely for titillation purposes. But we do it to save the universe. So that's okay, right? You know, it, it's it, the explanation for why horror movies are so awful. Yeah, it's an indictment. It's an indictment of the part of the audience that goes on IMDb and is pissed because. The, the talkie parts kept interrupting. Yeah. The, piss because the talkie parts kept interrupting. Or piss because this didn't play out the way the other ones do. Right. Right. You know, that those are those are the old gods who it's like after all because because uh, that's almost part of the, the gag. Like they they're anticipating that with this movie. It's like after we murdered everyone in the in the world we just didn't do it the way you want there's blood and everything everywhere but we didn't do it exactly the way you wanted us to and so you got mad we didn't go by the ritual and you got mad like it predicted that reaction within itself in this monologue something that i was anticipating happening which didn't i would have been happily surprised if it did but i'm also happily surprised that it didn't i thought the reveal here that we were about to get clearly i was thinking ahead and thinking it was going to be She's actually backwards, and the redhead is the fool, and yeah. the stoner is right. the virgin. Yeah, we were thinking yeah. that was going to be the final twist. Is like you know that's that he that he's actually that's well, why technically it didn't work. speaking, you know, because it, it's even kind of set up where, talk, where, where earlier the, the, the slut was saying, you know, we used to be boyfriend and girlfriend. He goes, you know, we, we just kissed a little, you know, just, he's uncomfortable about it. So yeah, I thought it you know feels like in some earlier draft or whatever there was a final like I'm I'm not a virgin. Oh, so when we were just kind of goes, we work with what we got. They yeah. make a joke out of it. But, you know, if, I, I thought it that, too. Like it's, it feels I like it's missing too. one last subversion yeah, it, of it. I thought that, too. And I thought that's where this was going to go, because her saying, I'm a virgin, me, you know, and the fact that and he's, then he just goes, he's go, actually, that I would am. be me, you know. Yeah. But, and then it's like, well, wait a minute. That means Redhead is the one who needs right. to die. Yeah. You know. But again, not to, like, have my head up my own ass about it or anything, but. Because we're sitting there, it's like the 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 real subversion is that there is there is no subversion coming because you're sitting there like yeah. like we're saying yeah. you're sitting you're right. there going how are they going to get yeah. out of this oh surely this or this oh now it's going to be there's one oh, last no. there's yeah. one yeah. last card up the sleeve yeah. or gods or, or the gods like, will yeah. still be appealed anyway or the and it's like nope nope well I wasn't I wasn't looking for that <laughs> yeah. I was looking I was looking Humanity. for that to I was looking for that to just 
patched some holes that right. I felt were in the story that I thought, yeah. you know, that, that something seemed to have not been connecting. You know, the fact that the fact that what they did is and, they, and it's also they glossed it over really quickly. And we don't know that it needs to be something we think about at the time. So we kind of let it go. But the fact that he dies and they, you know, perform the blood ritual and everything as if he's dead, but he's not. And that, that there's an earthquake that, yeah. that trembles an earthquake because it's clear the gods are not pleased because they know something's wrong. But it takes them quite a while to realize that the the the, the ritual di- is already f- going off the rails. Um, but the idea of the idea of. Yes, you were. You know, he's the virgin and, and you know, she's right. the fool. Um, because it's, it's as they said, they just explain the rules that the virgin, the virgin living or dying is optional. But all the others have to die. Exactly. So, so it's kind of like, oh, well, the virgin dies, but I'm not a virgin. Actually, that would be me. So, in which case, you know, and then we can go right back to where we are. Like, well, who's going to kill who for the good of humanity? Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. Now, how do you? I, I got no problem with that, and, and not, I have no problem with how it plays out because I love the ending of the movie. Oh well, that was, was going to be my next question. I it don't just felt get like all... just as far as the story that they'd set up, it felt like there was a missing piece that they, and this is why it went wrong because we were assuming you were the virgin and it was him all the time. Right. I, you know, I don't want to get all touchy feely about it, but how do you guys feel about? sort of the, the the moral period at the end of this movie's sentence with fuck it let the world burn does that I like Trey it. likes it does that rub you guys right wrong otherwise uh it's they make an interesting point on the commentary about about the difference this is kind of the difference between like youth and age yeah because because in a, in like Youth says, this is really fucked up, and age says, we know, but we do it anyway to keep the world turning, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. And that's kind of the, what they're talking about, and, um, you know, being young, I'm kind of like, yeah, fuck it. Like, I, I agree well, well, then, when, when you're younger, you're, you're, yeah. you're, you're much more willing and open to the 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 possibility or the option of just fucking the entire world and saying, no, fuck the system. I'm not playing. Yeah. The system itself is fucked up, and so therefore I'm not playing. Bring all. it all down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We'll just start again. Yeah. It does kind of rub me the wrong way. I mean, at the end of the day, this isn't the kind of movie that is inviting me into it to have a... Uh, no, it's not. You're not going to walk it, away yeah. too happy with the, with well, the ending. No, it's, it's, not, it's, not that, it's not that it's an unhappy ending because the alternative would be they die, but no one else does. Right. But it is a, it is a choice. It is a strong choice to make. And as strong of a choice, if not a stronger choice is the shape of what comes out to kill them. That's, yeah. that's, that's, I disagree with that. They, they make a human God. They, they, uh, they, the, the pithy way they put it that I really like is that in the, in the end, the characters, the characters choose, choose people over humanity. You know, they, they, mm. they're like, I'm not going to, I'm not the willing individual to, over the clock. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's fair. Now, what's your thing with the with the hand, Trey? I just, I just, I just don't like that as a humanoid god. If, you're, like, if they're talking about, they're going straight Lovecraft. They're, they're talking so. about, yeah, they're talking about Lovecraftian old gods who want sacrifice rituals. It's like then a human arm is like, wow. You, at the last minute, you ran out of creative thoughts. You know, just like what it's who is who's down there, Zeus. I mean, what is it? It's like I wanted, I wanted giant tentacles. I wanted, you know, a mushroom with the, you know that that sings like Judy Garland and, and you know. <laughs> And, and practices witchcraft, you know. I want, and I want, a, I want an old god. I want an old god. An old god is not bearded prophet in the sky giving Adam the birth of life. An old god is, you know, Yog Sothos is a, yeah. is the un, you know the unknown, unnameable. If you look upon it, you will go insane. That's what an old god is. So the fact that it was just an arm, implying that there's just a giant dude down there, that's like well, that's like the Christian god. That's not what this movie's been about. Or the Greek, but I yeah. I agree. I absolutely yeah. agree. Uh, well, I agree with what you're saying, but at the same time, if it was an active choice, a conscious choice that the old gods are 
the audience members who don't get this, then yeah. then I understand why they went with the with a direct. I wonder if it should have just be been like, if it was going to be a hand at all. It should have been a thumbs down hand. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, that would have been great. It should have been a hand posting a comment on IMDb. Yeah. If it came out and and like thumbs the, up and then just like the, the Monty and Python down. thing, the Monty Python yeah, like crushing the, the camera. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now there's some <laughs> hidden. Uh, I say hidden effects, but there there is more complex than appear effects going on in this last shot with the trees the trees are practical uh the oh, foreground yeah. trees are practical right here those are all real trees uh and okay. there we go and there we go well there you go and cabin the, the cabin woods, in the woods way to go drew way to go josh great job guys all the cast right. was great with a little like grindhouse film damage yeah. yeah. effects going on there I'm happy nice with it touch. cabin in the woods is it's a fucking joy i mean there are people <laughs> yeah. there are people there are even people who get it uh who don't like it but for me, yeah, I wouldn't. I would it, never say, "Oh, you just didn't get it." It's like yeah. I can see how this would not be a cup of tea, even if yeah. you totally. Yeah, it. for me, it's just a blast to watch. Like I would pop this in because I decided on a whim not to watch Kiss Kiss Bang Bang or something like that. Like it's it's in that field of just put it on and grin. It's fun, and um, you know there aren't a lot of movies like that anymore. Uh, movies either take themselves way too seriously or clearly don't fucking try. Yeah. Um, yeah. But a movie that comes out with its guns blazing and says, all right, well, this is going to be fun and delivers. God help. I mean, fuck, that's great. It's wonderful. <laughs> None and she'll survive that. And, and, thank, and thank you guys for the movie. And way to go on waiting three years for it. I'm glad you guys didn't kill yourselves. Also, good job on Avengers, Brian. <laughs> yeah. Did, was Drew Goddard a part of Avengers at all? You know what? We're going to credit him for that. Yeah. Since we right. directed, directed Joss it. for everything. Pretty sure he directed yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> he, 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 uh, he directed it and he co-wrote it with Joss. <laughs> well, as uh, as I uh, as I think Trey has said before, it's it's telling in a in an unintentional way that this movie, you know, it got put on the shelf, but then it it happened through the fates to come out at the exact same time as Joss Whedon was releasing the straight version of this movie upon <laughs> yeah. the world. Here's you know here's you the formula. You want me to take that shit that you like? All right, yeah. cool. um, there you go. This one thirty million at the box office. The other one, all the money. Yeah, ten billion dollars. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean it, it's great. Obviously, <laughs> um, what else is there to say? It's a lot of fun to say. Um, <laughs> Good job, AFX guys. Yeah, Lance Anderson. It's the, you know Lance the, Anderson? I've worked with Lance Anderson. Some of these names I recognize. There, there's a thing cool. here or there, but it's just one of those some real movies that... prosthetics in this movie. It's... They did that Thank God this possible. movie exists. Yeah. about it. Thank God it exists. Thank, thank the yeah. old gods this movie yeah. exists. Smash. <laughs> Dorkman. Well, it's funny. You, uh, a lot of times we say, I wouldn't want every movie to be like this, but I'm glad this one exists. Yeah. I'd be totally cool with every <laughs> movie like this. If that's, if that's my choice? Yeah. <laughs> totally cool. Is there an option that they could all be like yeah. this? Yeah. You wouldn't download a car. Yes, I would. No. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Yes, please. Uh, yeah, I I love this movie. I've never... I've, I can't think of any other movie where... I mean, we just, you know, we just did uh, 28 Days Later and we talked about going to the mansion. Um, obviously, this doesn't do that, but... Maybe. I, Maybe I, it does. I've, I've never thought of any Goes other... Goes to the basement. Yeah, I've, but I can't think of any other movie where completely going off the rails in the third act is exactly the, <laughs> is the right is choice. The right, is, is where it was going all along. <laughs> and now, now here's an interesting question. What if we hadn't had any of the office stuff until the third act? Until oh, no. The yeah, no, then yeah, I think it wouldn't work. It. Yeah, yeah. That, that couldn't, that, that never would have worked. Um, but yeah, I've, I've just, it's such a, just gleefully loses its mind. <laughs> it's just so <laughs> yeah. fun to watch. And, uh, and like you, um, this is, this is a movie that I would just pop in just to watch it. And there are very few, mo- there are very few movies now that I even 
even like. when I really like them. <laughs> yeah. Even when I really like them, there are very few movies that I tend to watch. You don't pop in Children of Men every other night. Yeah, yeah, rather regularly. And I've I've watched this quite a bit <laughs> just this year. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I love it. Trace Dukes. I've... Um I did. I did. I bought this movie and Prometheus when they both came out within a week or two of each other. They both came out. I bought them on iTunes, um, and I and I revisit both of them uh, fairly often. I watch all the uh, Bradley Whitford scenes on this one, and I watch the landing in Prometheus. Uh, <laughs> the rest For the of, same reason, they're beautiful. Yeah, they're because they're beautiful. But the the rest of that fucking movie, no, thank you. Oh, uh, we'll get um, there soon, guys. Yeah, but um, brace yourselves. But the landing is like you know, <laughs> Prometheus oh, is coming. Such a such a good movie this could have been, and turned out to be the other thing. And I'm speaking of Prometheus and not this movie. Um, yeah, I really like this. I really enjoy this movie. Obviously, that was you know, that's not a twist ending. Obviously, we started by saying yeah. we like it. Uh, it really is fun. It's a movie. It's a movie that you can't bemoan the fact like this should have been a hundred million dollar movies, and not Avengers. I'm really not saying that because this really shouldn't have made a hundred million dollars because. It's not the kind of movie that has that broad an appeal. It right. has a limited, selective appeal to meta movie snarky bastards just like us. So, so this that like isn't the, everyone. It's like the three percent joke exactly. of movies. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, if this movie appealed to everyone, then that would mean that we're you know not hip and cool anymore. <laughs> so we get to have this like, yeah, no, it's a movie for us for you know people who understand the meta nature of it, and that's and that's as it should be. That's all fine. Um, they have to, meanwhile, they have to keep making big, stupid movies like Avengers, because otherwise, what would these movies be mocking? <laughs> <laughs> so so we can't have all meta movies, because then there's nothing to be meta about anymore. <laughs> so um, I'm just, I'm really glad it's a movie. It's a movie that, it's the kind of thing, um, it's like, I want to go, you see Asylum? If you just wrote better scripts, you could make good movies. Yeah. There's nothing in there other than, you know, some size of the scope to it. Asylum could have made that. Yeah. Yeah. If they if they had, you know, it would have been a little bit smaller size, it would have been smaller scale. They could have told that story uh, and it would have been awesome. You know, can you imagine a B-movie schlock house that then turned around and said, and then brought it all home yeah. with yeah. this big meta final thing? It's like, Asylum should fucking do that. They should rip off Cabin in the Woods by meta-ing all their prior movies <laughs> into one movie. That's the ultimate meta. <laughs> I'm going to go pitch that to them tomorrow. Highbrow mockbuster. Yeah. Anyway, this has been Down in Front. You can always find our episodes at downinfront.net. Subscribe to us on iTunes. You'll get a brand new episode every single week. It's free. Twitter.com slash Down in Front. Facebook Down in Front Show. Email us at downinfrontshow at gmail.com. Go to the forum. Uh, involve yourself in the conversation. There's a wonderful community of really smart, cool, funny film people that mostly we don't talk about film, but we obviously do that too. There is that one guy. There's that one guy who talks about film all the fucking time. Like like it matters. Anyway, uh, buy some of our shirts. We have funny shirts and logos on our stuff. And we can put thongs up if you're interested. And, you know, just give us money if you're not if interested you're where yeah. where they usually go i find that thongs are versatile i find when thongs go up they go up one place yeah and they don't often come back down yeah. that's the problem with thongs and uh holden hill design and maintain the website my name is t christie brian Fenneter. my scott trace dokes thank you very much for listening good night good night Friendsinyourhead.com